FPA Turnpod is brought to you by Anchor. On today's episode, we'll go around the horn with our sports warm-ups. We'll touch on the aftermath of Super Bowl 56. We'll also touch on the Sixers and Flyers. And, of course, we'll touch on W's and L's. Now, without further ado, here's episode 42 of the PA Turnpod. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 42 of the PA Turn Pod. Episode number Jackie Robinson, yes. Kayvon Wallace, uh, Robert Esch, not Roberto Clemente, Theo Ratliff, hmm. and 42, 42, uh, Jason Ackerson. There's a deep cut for Flyers fans. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I am Rob, joined as always. Well, not, not necessarily as always, because it's only once a year. That I get to be joined by a birthday boy. <laughs> Today is uh, Mr. Joel's birthday. Happy birthday, sir! Thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you. I think this is the we've had our birthdays both on an episode of the PA Turnpod. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, uh, Full circle. Here we are. My birthday was the uh, NFL Week One. I, it was the the Buccaneers and Cowboys preview, wasn't it? It was the, the uh, first game of the year. The debut, I believe. Was it the debut had, of uh, Richard Degro on the on the podcast? Yeah, Degro made his debut on my birthday. <laughs> Look at that! No debuts. Maybe, maybe there's a debut. Maybe there's a special guest. I know there's somebody I, with you. Yes, Benny's in the room because I feel bad. He, he's. It's just he and I home right now. So the boys, I didn't want to lock him out of the office. So he's uh, he's popping in and out. Are you guys gonna do uh, a risky business type of deal after the podcast? It's a Freaky Friday or not a Freaky Friday? Whoa. Yeah, Freaky Friday <laughs> thing where we just change lives. <laughs> um, that's what's up, man. But yeah, it's my birthday. You know all, what they say? All of uh, 32. What do they say? You know what, what they say? They say? Uh, no one likes you when you're 32. So, Really? Well, Blink-182 didn't really think they went through. How, how do, you, do you feel any older? Aggy uh, bones, joints? After, after that joke, after that line, yeah, I feel way older now. Blink-182? No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, I'm a little like, I don't know. Maybe it's a seasonal depression. I just hate the cold. But today was pretty nice, though. Today was nice. Yeah, they, they knew but it was, it was hella windy. It's a lot of windy down here in South Jersey. So it kind of threw me it off. Who's back? Back again. Oh, the third, third member of our crew has popped back into the room. Benny the Jet. Settling into his bed. Yeah, well, they uh, they looked out for you because it was beautiful outside. I don't know how it was in Jersey, but it was nice. In, uh, the Philly area it was like 60 degrees this morning. So, oh, this morning? No, it was 60, I think around 2, 2 p.m. when I was out and about. I think the high today was 62. It was beautiful this morning. I, I usually, um, there are some songs that weirdly enough that I listen to when I'm on my ride to work. Like it's very much the same playlist every time. So I kind of fall in and out of love with certain music. And I was listening to some of the songs I put onto my, my like Apple music back in like September, October ish. Yeah. And I associate them with the sunroof. So a couple of them, I was able to pop up in the sunroof this morning and kind of, <laughs> reminisce from what six months ago when it was like nice every day it's supposed to be nice tomorrow as well a little windy but um lucky mid 50s low 60s i think it is it's supposed to rain all day in jersey well in south uh, jersey anyway we only have one crappy day coming up and it's sunday it's gonna be 39 
God. It's mid 60s, mid uh, mid 40s, then 30s, 50s, 50s, 60s, 40s, 40s, 30s. This is just riveting. Me reading off the weather. <laughs> hey man, we do it all here on the PA Turnpike. We do uh, weather breakdowns as well. We do weather. We do politics. We do uh, religion. Pop all, all the all the hot button issues. TMZ could never be out here. I'm going to start a petition to outlaw rain. I'm going to start a petition to see if we can, uh, for Jersey anyway, to have uh, our windows tinted. It's a crime that New Jersey can't do that. Especially the windshield. You're not allowed to in Jersey because everybody just commits road rage and doesn't want to drive anyway. So (laughs) We got to see who's uh, committing road rage. (laughs) Exactly. We have to be able to see who cut us off in traffic or was going four miles an hour. Speaking of that, before we get into the episode, I know we have a lot to get to, especially on a lot. Yeah. Especially on our warm up. I was at Sam's Club, and I found because I'm on TikTok now a little bit. The sensation of Fair Life, the protein shake, they only sell it at my Sam's Club. I don't have a Costco nearby. Thirty grams of protein, by the way. I think it's fifteen bucks for a twelve pack. And anyway, I'm in the parking lot. You know, put all my stuff in there. There's a gas station in the lot of Sam's Club. I don't know if you have one or in Costco's. Um, this is like old school Buick. It's just like recklessly driving in the fucking parking lot. <laughs> And then there's an SUV coming in front of me. I'm like, oh, no, they're about to like legit head on collision, like T-bone each other. They stop prior to T-bone. They're both yelling at each other. And amazingly, they both go and get gas <laughs> next to each other. Homeboy out of the SUV walks out. Older black dude. I'm like, oh, shit, it's about to go down. It's an old white guy <laughs> in the Buick. And they're fucking arguing and shit. And the, all the attendants just froze. Like, you know, if you play a freeze tag, like everyone was frozen in time. Like no one knew what to do. And then they had like a conversation, maybe what, 20 seconds. And then the black dude just walks in back to back into his car. I thought it was going to be a fight right on my birthday. I'm like, there's some action. Here we go. Hey, with my little two cases of uh, protein shakes and a fight's about a half and maybe 200 yards away from me. I always yeah. love when that happens, when people yell at each other in traffic and then they have a chance to see each other and they stop. There's a video that went viral, I think, on TikTok. And it's oh, yeah. two dogs. They're separated by a fence or like a gate. And the dogs are absolutely just like screaming while they're barking at each other. Yeah. And then someone opens the gate and then they stop barking at each other. And it's like <laughs> internet versus real life. <laughs> well, like, what are they saying? Fuck you. Fuck you. It's like that one other one. It's like, fuck you, Ezekiel. Have you seen that one? I got to send it to you. I don't think so. Oh, that's a good one. I'm butchering it, of course. But something, you know, the two dogs are just... Someone's doing a voiceover of the two dogs. And they're just talking shit about each other. Oh, I'm sure it's great. It's, it's amazing. All but right, well... What do we have on the, uh, the warm-up? We got a lot to get to. Luckily, I got a nice coffee in my body, so... You are. I'm Your ready to pull double duty if need 20. be. Your oh, yeah. 20. <laughs> We're ready to go. It's almost Friday, which means it's almost Saturday, which means it's almost Sunday, which means it's almost Monday. However... Yeah, we have um let's <laughs> call seconds. it let's call it a sports sampler today as we're going to touch on all four of the sports at different times let's go um so for, uh, this is just our miscellaneous little collection of things that have occurred the last few days yeah uh first thing on the list here according to a report los angeles lakers current roster is likely to remain generally the same for next year lots of little maybes in there uh the main takeaway from this i had was russell westbrook is untradeable <laughs> and nobody wants Taylor Horton Tucker and Anthony Davis is probably not going anywhere either. Um, what's your read on this? Do you think it's even a, do you think it's more them trying to keep it together or nobody wants the spare parts they're trying to offload to other teams? 
Uh, nobody wants the spare parts. And also, it's kind of like nice for other teams to see a popular team as like the Lakers super team kind of crumble in front of our eyes. So it's kind of like, you know, stick it to them a little bit. Um, but yeah, Russell Westbrook's stock is just plummeting. Like, you'll be lucky to get, like, if they're looking for a first round pick, you better have like a thousand first round picks to just blow them off to just give it to Russell. Yeah, seriously. Um, uh, what's this guy's name? Ah, oh, the guy who just got hurt, Anthony Davis. He's hurt yep. again last night. Oh, what else is new? Yeah, I don't know if you saw the injury. It looked pretty bad. I think he literally I, broke his ankle. I heard about it. I didn't see it. This was what game was it? Was this last night when they played? Was it Utah? Yeah, it was maybe a few minutes before the uh, the half. Okay. So in the second quarter, he injured himself. It was pretty bad. Um, or I'm so, sorry, they play Utah tonight. Who did they play yesterday? Uh, what for real? Unless I misread that. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure. No wait. No, and brother. All, was... all the all the days run together at this point for me. No, I th- I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm pretty like... sure last night was Utah. Yeah, because LeBron took over in the. I'm sorry. Quarter. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. All the days run together at this point, and Twitter, the freaking timeline on Twitter is not in chronological order anymore. So I see tweets about the game coming up, and I realize they're from 24 hours ago. Yeah, I mean, also, not for nothing, but Rob Palenka's job is pretty much as hot as it can be. He is good as gone. If I could have told you that was a bad hire from the get-go, my friend. Oh, yeah. All the moves that he did prior, he's shady as fuck. Hiring an agent to be your general manager or your whatever they're called now, the VP of, you know, operations, um, they have done so much. I almost think that they would be better off with – their current core in place minus Westbrook. And I mean, I guess Davis, you had to pull the trigger and it won you a championship to an extent, but I mean, Ingram ball, Josh Hart, um, Zubats, Randall. Yeah. Uh, Kuzma, even, I feel like all those guys are collectively better than what they've gotten from Westbrook and, um, and Davis. And I think if you don't have Davis there, then Harold fits in a little bit better. KCP. I just think that they were just a team full of really good role players. Do you remember, I think it was either last episode or the emergency Harden episode where I brought up my my thoughts on how to build a championship roster being centered more around a big two with a lot of like very good role players as opposed to being full of three max contracts and a bunch of crappy role players? I believe it was the uh, emergency one with Harden, yeah. So imagine a team that has LeBron as its focal point and then maybe another max guy if they want to fit him in there or maybe you, you max out Randall or Ingram. But you have Randall, Ingram, Ball... KCP, Harrell, Zubots, like all these really good, just like rotation guys that can either start or come off the bench. Some of them obviously would start, but I mean, a front court of LeBron, Randall, and Ingram, kind of like that small, small lineup with a guy like Lonzo Ball at the one and like KCP or Avery Bradley or Malik Monk at the two. That's a really dangerous team. I think if you would ask Lakers fans that Mm -hmm. right this second, if they could reverse the two trades, they would. And Palenka had no choice. He had to go all in, especially after like blatant tampering on behalf of Clutch and on behalf of, you know, AD and LeBron. They had to make the move and it won him a title to an extent. But I think the uh, the Westbrook move was just a massive, massive misstep. And that's actually going to set them back a little bit because now they have a max guy on the roster and nobody wants him. You can't even trade him for another bad contract. Yeah. I mean, I think the uh, there was a report during the trade deadline, but. They were willing mm. to give up Westbrook. Oh, no, they wanted, wanted um, 
They wanted John Wall. That's what it was. And they turned Which it down. Which is weird because that's how Westbrook got traded out of uh, Houston to begin with. Yeah. But uh, well, LeBron sir. didn't see it as a uh, an ideal fit. So GM LeBron not able to make it work. Supposedly the Lakers were interested in Christian Wood and John Wall, which would lead me to think it was going to be Westbrook, Horton Tucker, and like whatever other picks they had. Whatever. And at that point, are you even enticed by like late first round picks? Like when the Sixers traded their first round pick, I'm like, that's basically a second round pick. Like if the Lakers trade you a first round pick and you think they're going to be a championship caliber team, which I mean, right now they're not. How and how appetizing is a late first unless you're going to package it to move up five, six picks? I mean, honestly, it's all about a change of scenery. They need some kind of pulse in that team because something yeah. needs to change. And then this is where, if if this wasn't the Lakers, Frank Vogel would be gone just to make a statement and just yeah, AD uh, the know, coach killer. What else is new? Yeah, um, Lakers are currently fourth in their division. I know divisions don't necessarily yeah. matter. They're four games under 500, two games behind, or I'm sorry, a game behind um, the Clippers who are missing Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That's, I mean, times have changed. Back in the day, it was Lakers over Clippers. Now, I think it was yeah. maybe a few weeks ago when the Axe Shack on TNT, like head to head all time, or like in the last, what, 10 years, who has the advantage, Clippers or Lakers? Oh, so Clippers like, by a mile. Now he said Lakers by a mile. Like, there's no question. Like, why are we having this debate? And they kind of gave him the the record. Like, no, the Clippers are up pretty substantially. And oh, those Lob stunned. City teams were were actually yep. they just couldn't get out of the second round. So yeah. as it stands right now, they have Kendrick Nunn, uh, Russell Westbrook, Avery Bradley, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, LeBron James, THT, Stanley Johnson, Melo, Ariza, Anthony Davis, DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, and Carmelo Anthony. If I didn't say him, I think I did though. That's not a championship roster in 2022, maybe in 2016, but I mean, Ariza, Bazemore, Stanley Johnson, all these guys were better a while back and are no longer good. DeAndre Jordan, they just have two corpses playing the five right now between DeAndre and Dwight, and they don't even use Dwight. Yeah. I mean, this is the the effect and the result of LeBron not trusting uh, young players, young talent, wanting to win right now and playing with his friends and helping his friends get the bag, so to speak, and uh, compete for a ring. Because like we just mentioned, he had ball, Randall Hart, Kuzma, all these guys, Ingram, Ingram with him. Zubats. Like he had them all with him. And because they didn't gel and they were immature and he wanted to win now, he did what he did when he went to Cleveland. He did what he did yeah. when he went to Miami. He I think the timelines the didn't line veterans. up, and that's the idea. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they weren't those players weren't necessarily ready to win the moment LeBron got there, but he always is ready to win. That's the thing. It, he's he's ready to win now. So whatever team he goes to, kiss that roster goodbye yeah. because he's bringing in these old people. And sure, they are established and they can, but you're the price tag is going up, and you have basically little to no assets if you need to trade or anything like that. Um, it's, it is what it is. I mean, I don't have no sympathy for the Lakers, how they are right now. And because the, the coach killing in AD and GM LeBron over here is uh single-handedly killing this team. And then obviously Rob Palinka's doing is just a bad track record, but uh, Jeannie boss, whoever is in charge of those Lakers need to get a hold of themselves because it's like your franchise looking crazy right now. And during the trade deadline, because of LeBron Jr. here, 
in the NBA, LeBron wants to play with his son. So if it's not in LA, LeBron will leave. So yeah, you need to build it's, for the future now. It's going to be weird seeing LeBron in Oklahoma City. And um, last thing, last thing. Promise. It probably, <laughs> people have already heard me enough. Um, you can do a big two. But with LeBron, you can do a young big two. LeBron will be the third man, even though it would be LeBron's team, quote unquote, and LeBron is yeah. the A guy. LeBron is every bit of what, 36? 36 or 37. Yeah. So you could have a big two and say Anthony Davis, if he were not injury prone and would play the effing five and was dominant. And you have, I don't know, like a Josh Hart or Russell Westbrook, if he wasn't forever like a bum right now. Those are two young players. Well, Russell's not that young, but you know what I'm getting at. You have two core guys. LeBron's aging out, but he is your big. He's the three out of the big three, even though he is the MVP and the best player in the, in the world. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's being relied on a little bit heavier than he probably should. As always in every team that he's in. That's what happens sometimes. Um, yeah. Next up on our, uh, our NBA, kind of just around the world in 60 minutes. Uh, Daryl Morey was on, I forget who he was talking with, but he was on, he was on some podcast or some show and he was talking about how he really values first round picks. He's never traded a completely unprotected first round pick. Um, When asked about the Harden trade, when he traded away two firsts, he traded this year, which can be deferred to next year, then 27, which can be deferred to 28. Um, He brought up a story about how Prior to the deadline, he was dealing with a Western Conference executive who was looking to pick up a guard from a Western Conference team. He didn't want to say the team or the player's name, just out of respect and also out of tampering rules. He offered a first-round pick for this guy, and he thought at the time that was still a little much for this guy. And then the team was just so hell-bent on not dealing with him that he, for poops and giggles, offered a second first-round pick just to see if they would say yes to it. Um, And the guy still turned him down. And a lot of people are, and then then a couple of days later when he was trying to get Harden, they were talking, he and a couple other executives in the uh, the front office, they didn't want to trade Maxi or Thibel. They settled on, you know, Curry, Drummond and some picks. And when the two first round picks became part of the negotiations, he said that in his front office, somebody was looking at him and said, you were just about to trade two first round picks for so-and-so a couple of days ago. And you're balking at the idea of trading them for James Harden right now. What are we doing? And <laughs> He wound up trading the two first. Now I've seen a couple of people hypothesize that these were traded, that he was either looking at Aaron Gordon. I'm sorry, not Aaron Gordon, not Eric Gordon, uh, Jalen Brunson, or even Tyrese Halliburton as the three guys, but no report has surfaced and we might not ever actually get an answer, but just an interesting little thought. Um, who do you think it was trade talks for? My guess is Eric Gordon, because he said nobody in their right mind would trade two first round picks for this <laughs> player. So he was just doing it to see if the other executive would say yes. Out of those names, yeah, I would say Eric Gordon, but I wouldn't put it past him for Halliburton. I would or even um, CJ McCollum. Or uh, Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes would be good. Um, and then real quick, one other note. Uh, it's, not actually, it's actually missing from the rundown. I didn't put it on there because I'm an idiot. But uh, <laughs> Tristan Thompson will be bought out by Indiana ah. and is expected to sign with the Chicago Bulls. Wow. Um, does this make them any better today than they were yesterday? Yeah. Depth I think in the so lineup. Too. Depth in the lineup experience. Um, Somebody that knows what it's like off. to play in the playoffs. Yeah. Good yeah. rebounder. I mean, all things off the court are what they are off the court. He's still a relatively useful player on the court. 
Yeah. It's not his fault. He got paid $80 million to kind of suck. Yeah. And it's on a playoff contending team in the yeah. in the East. No LeBron in the East as well. And he's not starting. And so. he's, yeah, no pressure. He'll, he'll back up Vucevic. Um, I don't remember if they have any more. Do they still have one of the Lopez's there? I don't think so, right? I don't think so. I think Lopez, the other Lopez is on Washington. Um, switching gears to the sport that is no longer actually actively playing games. Um, in Major League Redacted, uh, Juan <laughs> Soto reportedly turned down a 12-year contract extension worth upwards of $350 million prior to the lockout. Uh, my question to you, sir, is if you were Juan Soto, now consider he is still pre-arbitration. I think he is entering – this would be his fourth year in the MLB, so he would probably be going into arbitration after this season if he didn't already last year, if he was a Super 2 or whatever. Yeah. Um, would you have taken this contract, or do you run the risk of it becoming another Albies slash Acuna contract where they're making – way less than what they would get on the open market. Um, so do you like the idea of him kind of betting on himself or would you have just taken this? So this would have been like one of the five largest contracts in like baseball history. I mean, I think I would have bet on myself. If I didn't want to be there at that organization, really, and I can probably get a bidding war going or I can possibly play for somewhere else, you know, and my, my stats speak for themselves, I would bet on myself, but that's a lot of money to turn down. Yeah. To bet on yourself, and then obviously the strike happens. So it's just like, oh, now you're pooed. Depending on where he, um, where his number would have wound up, that would have been at least the third largest contract in baseball history. So Trout signed for twelve years, four hundred twenty-six million dollars a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, Mookie Betts before this past season, I believe, or before the season before that, actually, uh, three hundred sixty-five million dollars over twelve years. Francisco Lindor ten for three forty-one. Tatis, 10, uh, 14 years, 340, so really low AAV. Uh, and then Harper, 13 for 330. Stanton in 2015 signed 13 for 325. Uh, Corey Seager just signed 10 for 325. Uh, Garrett, Pohl, Garrett Cole, 9 for 324. And then Manny Machado, 10 years, 300 flat. Uh, so only nine contracts in baseball history have hit $300 million or higher. Soto has the potential to be a better hitter probably than Trout by the time he hits the open market that compared to what Trout was, Trout was already the best player in baseball, but Soto has ascended so much as a young player that I would not be surprised if he gets more than $400 million. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's way younger too. Yeah. Um, I mean, just taking a look at his, you know, what he would have made $350 million divided by 12 years about 30 million dollars a year if he gets a 15-year contract that's 450 million dollars and i think somebody might offer him a huge contract like that so that's without endorsements and everything else that comes with it being an athlete he's a fun young star and i think he there are only so many teams that can afford him i think he will have to go to an la or a boston or a new york i don't know if the nationals and their willingness to defer money into the guy who's like 75 years old is going to, you know, get get him to sign there. I mean, Scherzer is really the only guy that's taken one of those deferred contracts. Where he signed, I think it was seven years, and they deferred half the money to the seven years after he'd be getting paid by the Nats. So Harper was uh, offered a contract that would pay him into his 50s, I'm pretty sure, and he turned it down. Um, These contracts in MLB are just They're getting insane. huge. Um, next note, Phillies prospect Bryson Stott. Uh-huh. 
He tells NBC Sports Philadelphia's Jim Salisbury that he believes he can win the starting shortstop job out of spring training. Bold of him to assume there will be a spring training <laughs> or a 2022 season at all. Uh, what do you think about this? I mean, his only competition is really like Didi Gregorius. So I love it though. You, got, you need that. You need that moxie in there. You need that young, you know, whipper snapper, you know, coming out, calling his shot in the way. Oh, Benny is uh, agreeing or? Oh, uh, Go ahead, Benny. You have the floor. Dogs are smart, but then you realize they bark at what they think is another dog, but they're just looking in a mirror. Uh, and you really wonder if they are smart. <laughs> Maybe he's doing his uh, Lion King impression. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like it. I like it from the, the young kid, the prospect Bryson Scott. Um, yeah, you need to have that confidence. You need that swag as well. And it's, a, it's out there now. It's all accountability yeah. now. Now he has to be his best. Because now you look like an idiot and losing out to Gregorius if he's your source shot. Yeah, if you lose out to Didi, you suck. Yeah, so I mean, and then you'll be in Triple A. Then you look like a real crazy exactly. Fool. Uh, what's next on the MLB talk here? Looks like uh, they uh, met for a very brief period of time. You uh, you actually looked into this today. Yeah, they uh, <clears throat> they try to do renegotiations at one p.m. Eastern today, uh, Thursday, and. Uh, According to USA Today Sports MLB columnist uh, Bob Nightingale, he tweeted, quote, the MLB and the MLBPA Players Association negotiating session is over after just 15 minutes. So basically, let's just say they started on time at 1 p.m. Within 15 minutes, it was already over. And then he it was like a thread. So his next tweet was the MLB Players Association requested an increase from one hundred million dollars to one hundred and fifteen million dollars in its pre-arbitration bonus pool in its latest proposal in exchange for the arbitration eligibility class to include 80% of the, of its players with two years of service instead of 100%. MLB called it a non-starter. And then lastly, uh, currently 22% of the players enter arbitration four times instead of three. Super so uh, 22% of the players who are finishing their second full year of uh, MLB service time mm-hmm. get to go to arbitration. They're called Super 2 players. Yeah. Um, they're like Chris Bryant's of the world who are like very good versus. So you usually have three arbitration years. They'll be your fifth, fourth, and third year. I believe at following your following your third, fourth, and fifth year, um, 22% of players get the, uh, the second year super two status. It has to do with statistics, service time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know how it all works, but, uh, MLB wanted it to just get, they wanted more guys to enter arbitration sooner so that more guys can get paid sooner. As it stands right now, you don't become a free agent until you've completed six years of full full seasons. And for guys like Chris Bryant and uh, even Reese Hoskins, who's going to hit the market at some point, you're in your 30s by the time you're a free agent, which is why Bryce Harper got paid so much, aside from his natural-born talent and everything. Uh, but also look at guys like Jason Hayward, who was 26 when he hit the market. That's why he got a $280 million contract, whatever it was, or $180 million. Um these guys, when they're super young, they're just so much more valuable because you'd rather buy somebody's 20s than buy their 30s. Yeah, for sure. Um, and with all this uh, negotiation now coming to a halt, uh, spring training, quote from uh, Bob Nightingale again, he tweeted, uh, spring training games originally were scheduled to start at February 26th. It is the 17th right now, uh, which, of course, has become all but impossible as the MLB lockout enters day 78. 78. Feels like it's been a lot longer than that. Which then uh, our friend of the show, Jeff Passan, noted 11 days away from the de- 
deadline MLB set to start the regular season on time. So, so yeah, not good uh, for not looking good. Now, uh, Passon did do a uh, like an AMA on Twitter and ask me anything type of thing. He okay. said, "I'll try my best to answer all of your questions as best I can." Somebody mm-hmm. asked that if they are close to an agreement on, let's say, February twenty eighth, which would be eleven days from now. Um, would they agree in principle to start spring training and kind of iron out the finishing touches later on? He said there's already basically a document that's been drafted with a lot of the things they do agree on so that okay. when they, when they approach the, you know, like the nut cutting time, which would be the very end and they just have a couple of things they got to figure out, they might be able to blow that out pretty fast. So uh, one thing that he says has not been discussed, the competitive balance tax, which is, I think, uh, the players association wants that to be coming from luxury tax teams. So teams like the Dodgers, the Yankees and the Mets who are high up like a, over what is considered the, uh, like the, the tax threshold, they pay a tax on how much money there are over the number that money gets thrown into a pool, which will benefit teams like Miami, Pittsburgh, Kansas city that are in small markets that can't necessarily compete with the big market teams. That's where a lot of the money that uh, Giancarlo Stanton got from Miami came from, um, that's how Kansas City and teams like that are able to stay afloat. Um, he said they have not really discussed it. However, that's one of the things that they are closest on agreeing to in comparison to everything else they're you know disagreeing about. Um, this is one quote from Jeff Passan. He said the union, uh, speaking about the players union, got shellacked in recent collective bargaining agreements. Players are mad about that and about actions by the league that they, they believe to be in bad faith. They want to make big gains, and obviously the owners don't want to give up any money. So it all comes down to money. It's billionaires fighting with millionaires. And there's also a lot of minor league stuff that's going on. Guys are making like poverty-level salaries in the minors and living in really brutal conditions. A lot of guys are missing meals because they don't have the money for it. So that's uh, another thing that you know the Players Association is kind of fighting for because a lot of these guys came up through the minors. Um Anybody out there who's really interested in reading about this, uh, Mark Appel, mm-hmm. former number one overall pick by the Astros, former Philly minor leaguer. They got him in the uh, the Ken Giles trade. He actually posted a, a series of tweets and a thread on uh, Twitter a few days ago, kind of outlining what exactly the minor league lifestyle is like. He said, you know, for me, I was kind of had like a little bit of a silver spoon because I was the first overall pick and a big signing bonus. But a lot of these guys are making, you know, 400 bucks a week walking away with not a whole lot of money every month, roughly $28,000 a year. And you're only getting paid, I think half the year because you're not playing the full year. So guys are getting second jobs. He said um, he knew, uh, this is another guy actually that um, whose thread was, I forget the name of the guy. I'll send it to you. Someone else's thread was linked in his like responses to his initial tweet. Mm -hmm. He said, I was in a two bedroom apartment with seven people splitting rent. Two people sleeping in the, in the bedrooms, one person sleeping in the living room, somebody sleeping in the kitchen, uh, barely making ends meet. Guys were missing meals. Um, and if you're fortunate enough to get invited to the spring training, you're getting 1500 bucks a month in meal money. A lot of those guys would spend that very, very little so they could save a little bit of money. Um, and working second and third jobs, basically living in poverty. So that's another thing that people don't really talk about is the, uh, the bad environment that the minor leagues are. The ugly sides of sports. Yeah. Things you don't talk about. Because I'm the, the big show, you know? Yeah. the um, It's terrible. It's bad. And it's amazing. And and the point was, you know, why would you give up on your dream? You've worked 20 years to kind of get here. Mm-hmm. And you're going to give away. And you're going to give up because of that. So, I mean, the owners kind of have these players by the balls in some regard. 
which is unfortunate. Fuck, dude. Moving on to football Americano. Uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown, these are all rumors, reportedly considering retirement from the NFL to pursue a career in video game streaming. Um, What do you make of that, if anything? I like it. You know, he's... I mean, NFL stands for not for long, so... Hey, second career option. Doesn't have the CTE, no, that nonsense. He's made his money. They NFL players get paid pretty well. I'm sure I don't know how much his salary is. He was drafted pretty high. But I'm sure it's, you know, a little bit more than the average guy. Uh, yes. Yeah. He disagrees. Uh, I don't think so. I think Hollywood Brown makes more in a year than uh, a Costco employee does. Yeah. So, um, not exactly. We're not throwing any benefits for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good for Hollywood Brown. Why not? Capitalizing on the uh, you know, the growing video game YouTube kind of thing that's going on. And what if there's like a bigger Twitch. pandemic than there was prior, and the NFL got oh, yeah. shuts down? Well, look, there's an avenue right there. And between advertising and new viewership, he would probably be set to make as much, if not more, than he would in the NFL anyway. And he won't be tied to any like sponsorship that that's with the team or anything like that. Yeah. He's a free man. It's all his money, and unless he has an agent still. Yeah, so good for Hollywood Brown. I don't know how you feel about it, but I'm good with it. No, I mean, no, do your thing. Protect your mental health, protect your physical health, live a nice, prosperous life. If this makes you happy, go for it. Just invest in some blue light glasses. Yeah. (laughs) Um, People close to Jason Kelsey believe he will not retire this offseason. It's like a game of chicken every year. It's will he retire, will he not, will he retire, will he not. Sounds like he won't. Uh, Yeah or nay? I'm kind of tired of it because it's just like you said. Every year, like we go through yeah. the same old culture. It's like the boy who cried wolf. Um, it's the man child who cried retirement. Do we have a backup in place? If so, we do, then I'm like, all right, if he retires, it's gonna suck. Obviously, we love Jason Kelsey, but uh, we have someone in place, and if not, then it's gonna be a long season for that offensive line. So, a lot of people have hinted at Landon Dickerson potentially being the uh, the center moving forward. I honestly think it's more likely to, uh, that uh, Isaac Samalo becomes the center and they keep Dickerson at guard, especially now with Brooks out permanently. Um, there is an interior lineman from Iowa. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name off the top of my head. I'm researching it as we speak. But there's an interior lineman from Iowa that I would take in a heartbeat here. Um, I'm not going to find it, but I would more than happily use one of my first or second round picks on him. First rounder? Most likely. Is I mean, I would pick? probably I would probably stick with um I'm sorry, it's Tyler Lindbaum. So he declared for the draft. I would I would take almost any interior lineman from Iowa, offensive or defensive. I would stick with Dickerson at guard, say Amalo, keep him at, keep him at guard, move him in the center, do whatever you want. You got your your two tackles are for the most part bookended for the next couple of years. You got Lane Johnson on the right side, Jordan Mylot on the left. They may move on from Dillard this offseason, which will hurt depth, uh, their depth a little bit, but at least you have your two guards, Samalo and uh, Dickerson in place with Kelsey, so you have another year of potential stability. Herbig's not bad, and uh, that guy Toth is not too bad either. So, I mean, at least they have some depth. I would definitely look at, uh, at Lindbaum in the draft. I think he goes a little bit earlier than people think. But you you have to have a contingency plan for when Kelsey does retire. Yeah, you, can. you don't want to get caught with your pants around your ankles, exactly. and exactly. you got nothing there. Like, um, remember what New England had at tight end when Gronk retired? They had like Chandler from Friends playing tight end, so <laughs> that hurt him a lot. So, 
Um, yeah, they need they need to plan sooner rather than later. I mean, that was the problem with uh, what's this guy's name? Played like left. He's always hurt. I forget his name. He's so forgettable. Jason right Peters. Yes, they didn't really have a true backup. Even if they did, they were just yeah. hesitant to pull the trigger because Peters was always a staple there. Yeah, but and then Vitae moved money. on. Mm-hmm. They were going to go with Dillard, but it wound up not, you know, working out. Um, list of odds have come out for Russell Wilson's 2022 Week One team. Eagles are very, very low on the list. Uh, real quick, the list in order of odds. I don't have the numbers here because it'd be way too much paper. Yeah. Buccaneers, Saints, Steelers, Dolphins, Raiders, Bears, Panthers, Broncos, Colts, Commanders, Patriots, Titans, 49ers, Jets, Packers, Eagles, Falcons, Ravens. This is all assuming this is like in the event that he is no longer on the Seahawks. The Seahawks are not missing from this list for any particular reason, aside from the fact that this is, uh, I believe this comes from, uh, I forget that uh, I might be Odd Shark or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they had this on there and the qualifier was if he's not a Seahawks. Okay. Uh, what do you make of this? Do you think they? It, I I never thought they were going to get him anyway, and ultimately I think he stays in Seattle. But uh, what do you think happens with Russell Wilson this offseason? I think he he's good as gone. I said it early on. He's good. Yeah, as gone. you stood he, by that. Carroll's most likely going to stay, but once Russell's gone, I think he'll be gone shortly after if he can't really turn it around with the new quarterback in place. If they get one in the draft or say a Garoppolo goes there or something like that. Or Rogers, who knows? Yeah. During the offseason, I do want to have a um, a fun episode where we list all 32 teams and who mm-hmm. we think the starting quarterback will be on the team. Because but, I think I saw a lot of TikToks last offseason that were like that. It was like some people had, you know, certain guys going to different places and some, you know, rookies going to certain places that uh, I think okay. it'd be a fun little exercise. Yeah. We'll um, set it up. And then last on the list here, we have uh, the Eric Bieniemy news with Patrick Mahomes apparently Woo-hoo! butting heads. They got to do a screaming match uh, during halftime of the uh, the game against the Bengals. Apparently, uh, the enemy called a play that was like hadn't been practiced in three months. Andy Reid tried to change it. Mahomes got pissed off. Mike Kafka, the QB coach, got upset, and they got into a, a screaming match in the uh, the hallway. This is on the tails of the, the report coming out that the enemy was going to meet with Andy Reid as well as Chiefs uh, ownership regarding his future in Kansas City. This is craziness. I mean, I have the thread that you sent me, and I was like, all I said was, wow. It's all my reaction. Yeah. I'm stunned. Um, you want me to read the whole thing? Yeah. Like, it's it's fascinating. If you haven't gotten a chance, uh, where can they find this, Rob? Um, I haven't seen the actual article, but uh, if you just go on Twitter to search up Eric Bieniemy's name, and this will pop up on there yeah, for you. It's probably trending, <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, here it is. It says, Bien-Ami make sure called- you spell his name correctly. Yeah, right. Uh, I'll let Bien, like, good in Spanish. Uh, it says, BNB called the entire game. While Reed can chime in at any point and toss out a call, BNB had full play calling authority via his contract. So, ladies and gentlemen, side note, BNB is making all these calls for Kansas City. So, head coaching job. If you like how Kansas City looks, BNB is your man. In the past, uh, Andy Reid did call plays, and then there were yeah. some times where at halftime they would switch and Bianami would start calling plays. But it seems like Eric Bianami was calling plays for the most part this year. For sure. Um, it says, Bianami and Mahomes get into it at halftime, in the tunnel and in the locker room. There was an in-the-face yelling before Reid and the other coaches stepped in. It happened again after the game. Any remaining confidence or trust... <laughs> 
Benny, Benny. I know I'm upset too. Um, any remaining confidence or trust in the relationship was broken at that point. Uh, next it says, nobody can say exactly when this happened, but at one point during the AFC championship, the following exchange took place after being called to play. And this is what Rob was referring to. Read, quote, no, run this. Bienemy, what the fuck? Kafka, we're blowing this game. Mahomes, call the fucking play or I will. That right there is mm, money exchange right yeah. there between those four guys. Literally in the pivotal game where obviously the Chiefs blew it to Joe Burr and the Bengals. And then lastly, at the end of regulation, with the Chiefs needing a touchdown to win, Vietnamese called at least two plays that the team hadn't practiced in three months. It lets confusion across the board from the line blocking assignments to routes to Mahomes looking shaken, or as I would like to say, looking shooketh out there, end quote. This so, feels I mean, like a weird way to kind of drag him through the mud. Yeah, a scapegoat for what happens. Find a, a person who will be responsible for the loss, to be honest with you. I mean... This is probably the beginning of the end of the Kansas City Chiefs as we know it. Contracts are coming up. Yeah. Kelsey's want to get paid if he hasn't already. Hill, Nicole Hardman, he wants a little bit of the bag. The running game, it's not really the greatest, but yeah, whatever. You got Catholic's gone. Quarterback's coach is now what the OC? He's the else? OC with the I think the Giants. I forget where it is. Somewhere I forget. I thought he was with the Giants. I think it's the Giants. Gi- Giants or Bears. I forget where. Uh Bienemy. He'll probably be there. They'll probably, you know, hash it out because they know this is the best place to be to win a championship. But, hey, this is damaging. But then this might also look bad for BNB if a team is looking for a head coach and they're like, oh, you're having this kind of – why would you call a play that you haven't practiced in three months in a pivotal game in the playoffs? Granted, and we talked about this before we recorded, as a quarterback and players, you're supposed to know the playbook in and out, especially the quarterback, so – if, if I'm the quarterback and I put this play out there and everyone's looking confused, I'm the leader on this field that has to like reassure that you go here, you go here, we're going to be fine. But if no one really knew what the heck was going on, you got to call an audible at that point. Yeah. And Bianami, I don't know why he threw that in there, but uh, and we don't even know like what's going on yeah. leading up to that point, you know, throughout the season, if it was like, you know, tension throughout, but this is very damaging for the uh, yeah. Chiefs and Bianami here. I don't understand why that play is on a play sheet potential to be used in a game if it hasn't been practiced in a couple months. Uh, I also don't know how, how many, I mean, it's neither of our business or I don't even know how readily available this information is, but how many plays are really practiced in a, in a given practice? It seems like they kind of go through concepts and ways to exploit the opposing team's defense, mm-hmm. but there's no way you're practicing everything in the playbook. Sure. Um, I don't understand that certain things will fall to the back. And, and for a reason, that, you know, that play probably hadn't been practiced for a reason. Maybe it didn't work in the past and they kind of just decided to get out of that formation or get out of that look or whatever. So yeah, I do have one thought on the chiefs as a whole um, with all the contract stuff coming up and Mahomes is being paid more than anybody in sports, basically to get 15 or 500 million or something. Yeah. Um, unless they're in a situation where they can kind of circumvent the salary cap with you know, the way that Brady was doing it in New England, where he had a, a company contract with the Patriots, where the Patriots would funnel money to that team, that uh, that company, and yeah. Brady's salary, in essence, was like $8 million when they were paying him kind of through the back door, uh, which I don't think will happen with moms, unless guys are willing to take massive pay cuts to play with him and play with Reed, although they haven't really built up that reputation as a powerhouse that has won championships the way the uh, 
you know, the Lakers and the Patriots did. Yeah. And like the Spurs. I don't think it's going to happen. They're either going to lose one of the big guys like Kelsey Hill, um, one of the defensive players like Tyron Matthew, or, you know, he's a free agent, I believe, too. Any of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Honey Badger is a free agent, but, or they're going to lose a lot of their role guys and they're going to be very, very top heavy. You know, they'll have a really good receiving core, but then they won't have an offensive line or they won't have like uh, linebackers or whatever. So I, it's going to be interesting to see how they, you know, configure their roster in years to come. Or if they pull kind of like the Albie Roseman move, where they restructure virtually everybody and go year to year and try to, you know, just make it work. Yeah. But it, it, as long as you have Mahomes in his prime, you're going to have to surround him with a team that can win. You can't really afford to go through a rebuild, especially when you're paying a guy as much money as you are him. So yeah. see what happens there. Yeah, it's very developing news there in uh, Kansas City. So we'll be on the yeah. lookout throughout the year. Although, season. in fairness, they have thrived regardless of who their offensive coordinator has been. It was yeah. Doug for a few years, and it was Matt Nagy for a year. Then when Nagy left, it became the enemy. They've been great since with him. So a whole lot of changes, but a lot of things stay the same there. Does Reed have carte blanche? I don't Can know he do means. no wrong? Can he do no wrong? Is Maybe. He, is he there for basically until he decides to hang it up? I think so. At this point, at his age. Uh, well, I'm speaking from the, the terms of, like, the GMs and, like, business yeah. for Kansas City because like, you have Unless, homes in his prime. Yeah. Would you willing to – if they're not getting back to the Super Bowl and they bow out first or second round, move on from Reed, like, you know, Philadelphia did with him, do you go and get a Sean Payton or something like that or whoever's available, that coach at, at that particular time? Or do you it, would have to be, it would have to be a colossal failure, I think, because they, they have so much faith in him mm-hmm. and he's shown that he really is a, a really brilliant football mind. I don't know. There's no real answer to that. I'm I'm interested to see how it works. I think it's it's Kansas City or bust for Andy Reid. I don't think he can go to somewhere else and be successful. I don't know how badly he wants to go to another program and, and coach for another five six years somewhere else. Come back to Philly. Come yeah. back to Philly. All right, Super Bowl Fifty Six in the record books. Ugh. The Rams with the officials on the outside <laughs> defeated the Bengals two on one. Final final score of twenty three twenty. Game winning touchdown on the final drive. To Cooper Cup, his second of the evening, he wound up being the Super Bowl MVP. He had nine receptions for 92 yards, two touchdowns, one rush for seven yards, and he was 0 for 1 passing. Um, he did it all. Oh, he, he was the Triple Crown winner. Okay. So receptions, yards, and touchdowns led the league in all of them. Yep. Offensive player of the year. The only other time that happened was Jerry Rice. And uh, Cup did do it on a, in a season that had one extra game in it. But you're not Still. comparing the two. You're just comparing him against everybody else in the league this particular yeah. year. And it's also a testament to his durability as well. You got to consider any of these guys that win awards, whether you think they deserve them or not, in order to be up for an award, you really have to play a full season. And that's an accomplishment at this point, the way the NFL has uh, has trended the last few years with player safety. So congratulations to him. For sure. You want to run through some of the big plays uh, yeah. from uh, Sunday's game? In no particular order, but, you know, I just threw up some – Compilation of plays of the game. Yeah, these are all, probably the same ones I would have brought up as well. The zebras throwing flags throughout that Rams final drive. I mean, it felt like on every single play, it was a flag, a flag, a flag. Yeah. And it probably what three times the game would have been over on fourth down, and the Bengals had the ball on turnovers on downs. But nevertheless, the zebras throwing flags. They don't let them play. The players play, especially in that pivotal game, which they did throughout the game. They let them play for fifty-five minutes, and then the final five, they really. Took the nonsense. ball out of, they took the ball away from 
they, they they control the way it would end. And we all know it's all about narrative. So, And then uh, doubling down on that Cups game-winning catch on Eli Apple or Eli yeah. Manzana. I mean, RIP. we said it literally on the preview that watch out, Cooper Cup might just go off on Eli Apple. In particular, you said that, actually. Yeah. Um, but you also, with Higgins, burning yeah, the I second be, feather, but then he yeah. just beats Ramsey up. So Yeah. And then speaking of that, the, op- the, the uh, opening touchdown of the second half, Higgins burning Ramsey with the non-face mask call. I mean, you don't call that blatant. Like, what's going on here? And, and that's been the – yeah. Yeah, no. and I wanted the Bengals to win, but that right there, I was like, oh, that's a flag. Yeah. How do you review every touchdown and then not see that? But yeah. I guess that's, you know, crossing the end zone if it if you make possession. But that's the that's the rebuttal that a lot of people have had for the uh, the notion that the officials really helped Los Angeles win the games. Well, what about the Higgins play? Well, what about all the times Aaron Donald lined up in the neutral zone? What about that's the true. missed? I think there could have been a pass interference call on the Bengals. I think it was the Bengals second drive where Higgins was open in the end zone. And I think Ramsey got there just a tad early and hit him early and the ball landed incomplete. I thought it was going to be Higgins touchdown for sure. There were some plays that were questionable. I do enjoy when the referees or the officials um, swallow the whistles for the most part, but I hate it when they change course in the middle of the game. It's just like basketball. If you're going to call these things, call them. If not, don't call them all game because you can't, you, it, it really hurts your game plan because you can be physical on these guys all game if you know you can be. And then all of a sudden at the end, you can't or vice versa. You can't touch anybody, but at the end, you, all of a sudden you can. It's just, it's really, it's not conducive to a, like a good flow. I mean, and I think that was evident in the final drive. It almost looked like it was completely manipulated. I'm not sure if the zebras have like a union or maybe they're protected by the NFL, but there should be some kind of a president set, president set with all sports officials after the game should have a press conference and going over what was the process of why did you call this play or what happened? Because like you said, you play 55 minutes, you don't do anything on this play and that play and this play. Like what did you not see on the touchdown review with Higgins basically grabbing, turning uh, Ramsey's head around, catching the ball and you don't call it. But then on the last drive or the Rams last drive, you're calling everything little ticky tack fouls and then boom. I mean, there's yeah. a holding uh, penalty on every play within the offensive and defensive line. There's always a holding. You don't call it, you call it. You call it, you don't call it. So yeah, I'm Be sure consistent. there's a legal contract as well. Yeah. So I don't know how it works in the NFL. I'm sure these guys are graded based on how they perform throughout the year. And I understand that in the playoffs for most sports, I think all four of them, they put together crews based on who was the best throughout the season. So your lead official may be working with a different umpire from a different side judge yeah. from the regular crew. I don't um, like I know what. I know in basketball, they do the, the final two-minute thing where they look back at plays in the final two minutes of the game and they say, oh, well, this could have been a foul or this wasn't a foul or this guy was out of bounds or this was a walk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, in addition to that, in baseball, the umpires have scorecards where you can see ex- now that everything's like automated to an extent with all the stat cast and everything throughout the stadium, you can see what pitches were called balls that shouldn't have been, what pitches were called strikes that shouldn't have been, what the established strike zone was, versus what they were calling outside of the established zone, et cetera. Um, and I'm pretty sure hockey does the same thing where they go, oh, this should have been a trip. But hockey's rules are pretty black and white, to be honest with you. And they review, I'm almost positive you can review offside now. Um, and you have been able to for the last handful of years. So hockey has a pretty good handle on it. Their rules are very black and white, though. It's not like basketball and football where a lot of this is subjective. 
baseball, the only thing subjective is the strike zone, but football, I think, is um the, has the most money invested in it with sponsors and you know yeah, for sure people watching and you know hoping for certain things to happen. If you know what I mean. No. Um, basketball is the easiest to manipulate, but I think football is second easiest. Um, so I'm not yeah. suggesting anything was done to uh, ensure one team won, but uh, I can see how you would think so. I mean, I just call it, just call it. Come on now. The whole, the narrative was there. The narrative, there was no narrative for the Bengals aside from this is the upstart team. Burrow is going to win the Heisman national title and the uh, Super Bowl in the span of two years um, or three years. He did get injured in that game. I don't care what anybody says. He yeah. he was injured in that. He game. had a sprained MCL, um, according can, to Zach Taylor. You can tell on the, especially yeah. the fourth quarter when he would throw the ball, he wasn't stepping forward, stepping up in the yeah. pocket to like literally put some zip on it. It was literally yeah. off his back foot. He was just well. That's how he looks all the time because he's overrated. Um, <laughs> the Rams. So, so the, the the whole thing. Aaron Donald's the greatest defensive player ever. Odell Beckham catches on with a new team and wins a championship finally. Matt Stafford out of the abyss that was Detroit. He wins. Cooper Cup's really good. All the narratives there. And you could see it at the end with how hard Michaels was pushing it. Matthew Stafford finally wins the big one. Is Aaron Donald the best defensive player ever? It's just all this nonsense. And you could tell they were being fed this bullshit narrative through the headphones. And it's all about narrative in sports. I mean, every year, aside from maybe the uh, the Rams Patriots Super Bowl, where they realized that game was kind of just a snooze and they washed it away and went to a different one the following year. It's, I think yeah. the NFL in 2019 really wanted that to be a, a Rams Chiefs uh, rematch and they didn't get it. That's why that game was such a snooze. Patriots were like, hold my beer. I'm exactly. Back. Yeah. Um, but it was weird. Here's the stat lines for the Rams player Stafford 26 of 40, 283, three touchdowns, two to cup. Uh, he threw two interceptions. I literally texted you at the moment of each pick, liability in all caps, liability. I've been <laughs> saying it, leading up to the playoff, he's a liability. Here he is. Now this next, interceptions. this next statistic is really is going to burn my soul based on one of my TTP choices from the last episode. For Stafford? Yes. Yes. Uh, Stafford also ran uh, three rushes for six-yard drop. What happened there? Uh, his over-under was five and a half. <laughs> and you I told up. you, I told you it would be under because he was going to kneel at the end. And he did kneel at the end and he still hit the over. <laughs> Craziness. Um, Cam Akers, uh, 13 uh, carries, 21 yards. He was pre- pretty much non-factor. Yeah, there wasn't really a running game for either team. It's amazing. Mixon did as well as he did. Yeah. Um, OBJ, uh, two receptions, 52 yards, one touchdown. First touchdown prop if you hit OBJ. You are a winner, chicken dinner. I think Rob Van Grable hit that clean. Um, unfortunately, shortly after he did leave the game. Yes. And two catches, 52 yards, one touchdown. Yeah. You could already Our, see that he was going to have a big game in his first, you know, Super Bowl appearance. Yeah, and the Rams, for what it's worth, looked very lost without him for a little while. Um, as soon as he went down, they were already without. Obviously, Robert Woods has been out for a while. Van Jefferson wasn't too big of a factor. Kendall Blanton, good call by you. Really a non-factor. They went to the other, um, the other tight end whose name I can't even remember. I'm sorry, Hopkins or something. I don't even remember. Um, but they really didn't, and they couldn't get the run going to save their lives. So for a while, they looked really out of it. And the lo and behold, the Bengals punch him in the mouth on the first play of the third quarter, albeit with a missed call on Higgins. But you know that it almost felt like the game was going to slip away from the Rams to an extent. 
in that third quarter, they looked completely out of it, and they really didn't put up a ton of points in the second half. So, I mean, it also doesn't uh, doesn't hurt to have the zebras in your back pocket. But that's just exactly me. yeah. Um, Bengals, uh, Joe Burr, twenty two of thirty three, two sixty three. He threw the one touchdown, which was amazing because I didn't think he would have one touchdown. I think he would at least have like Stafford to yeah. touchdown. So they shut down Burrow on that one, especially Jamar Chase. Well, I think he had. Oh yeah, that's right. He didn't throw the other touchdown. No. Nah. Jamar Chase, trying, five yeah. receptions, 89 yards. No gritties, though, for him. Yeah. But on that final play of the game where Aaron Donald was offsides, by the way. The meme finally came to life. Um, there it was. They showed uh, Jamar Chase burning Ramsey clean. and Ramsey Jamar, fell down. Yeah, and Jamar Chase wide open, and he understandably was livid and just disappointed, yeah. slamming the helmet down because – if Joe Burrow had maybe an extra five seconds to look up, yep, there's a wide open an extra touchdown. two seconds. The um, yeah, I forgot all about the fact that Mixon actually had the second touchdown or the what have been the first touchdown? It was the first or second touchdown I went to Higgins. I think it was the first Higgins. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean uh, the Mixon. first one, Mixon threw the first one. Yeah, Mixon. The Higgins. so the meme that I'm referring to is when prior to the draft when they took Jamar Chase, there was two scenarios. It was Burrow with Panay Sewell as his uh, tight end or with his uh, left tackle with literally anybody's receiver running wide open. Yeah. Second scenario was Jamar Chase wide open downfield with literally anybody playing tackle and burrow on his butt. And it finally <laughs> came to life. Unfortunately. Um, T Higgins, four catches, two touchdowns, hundred yards, Joe Mixon, 15 carries for 72 yards. Great call um, by you, by the way, on the Higgins. Thank you. Um, but for the wrong reason. So I, I thought for sure it was going to be, if you listen back to the last episode, I know everybody has, um, I, basically said that I don't think Jamar Chase and Jalen Ramsey was going to be the story of this game. I thought it was going to be T Higgins versus Darius Williams because Darius Williams, T Higgins has like six inches on him, um, six, four against five, nine. And I thought that was going to be the real um, matchup. And it seems like they were more, they were more intent on putting Ramsey on Higgins to be kind of more physical with him and trusting the speed and the instincts of Darius Williams against Jamar Chase. They both had good games combined mm-hmm. for almost 200 yards, but they were really the only two guys involved um, receiving wise. I mean, those two guys combined 289 yards. Joe Burrow had 263 yards. It says here. So losing yardage elsewhere, uh, or I'm sorry, 189 yards 189. of the, of the two sixty three. just interesting stuff. And, you know, Zuma wasn't really doing much. Uzama was out of it. P Ryan didn't do anything for me. Um, Joe Mixon, not really involved. Uh, Boyd. Tyler Boyd, a couple catches, but for the most part, not really in, in the game. And that's kudos so, to the Rams. Kudos to the Rams defense. Yeah, absolutely. And the coach. And they, the... they got home. They had a lot of money tied into that defensive line. They really didn't get home a ton. Leonard Floyd was a really good player this game. I think one of the more underrated performances of everybody involved. Um, they they played a pretty good game. The secondary held up. The only the only break in cover or uh, lapse in coverage on either team was the deep ball to Ramsey, which was just, I'm sorry, the deep ball to Higgins, which Ramsey was kind of mugged on the play. So all things considered, it was a relatively clean game by both teams' secondaries. And I like it when the Super Bowl is not 75-65. Yeah. I do like a nice lower scoring, a little bit more strategic. Here's a punt. Here's a, an interception, a turnover. But also not a snooze fest. So Exactly. Yeah, I thought good. this was a decent game. And I, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't super jazzed going into it, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it, I think it also helped that it was a different matchup. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, you know, Patriots and whoever. Jeez. It was the Rams and the, uh, I'm sorry, the Rams and the Bengals. That's a fun matchup. And the two likable quarterbacks. 
Sterling was there, a young quarterback, yeah. to second year, and then the 13 year vet. First, they're both in their first time Super Bowl, so yeah. it's pretty good. So, story wrote for itself. Um, lastly, uh, Matt Stafford is he now a playoff poppy? This man proved me wrong each game from the wild card yeah. on. Tuna, yeah, me, me as well. From I'll week, eat what, the, week 18, week 17, when he I'll lost. I'll eat my words as well. Yeah. Yeah, he proved me wrong. Is he a playoff poppy or was it just the nature of, you know, how the NFL is more offensive heavy? Yeah. You have Cooper Cup on your side. Is it that or, you know, it's just a one and done kind of thing, you know? I just punched my mic. Um, <laughs> In anger. <laughs> Stafford and Burrow are both really good examples. Um, uh, not to get too sidetracked, but I do want to point this out. Because mm-hmm. I think the the term mobile quarterback, I feel like almost has been taken out of context and assigned to the wrong players in pre, in uh, recent years. When you hear the words mobile quarterback, you generally think Lamar Jackson, Mike um, Wilson, Christ, my uh, McAfee security thing just popped up and almost popped one of my eardrums. Um, you, you think of guys like, yeah, you think of guys like Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, running quarterbacks. Mobile quarterback doesn't necessarily mean running quarterback. Yeah, we've saw it a lot this season with a lot of the play action, motion, all the things that McVay's offense throws at you. How many times on Sunday and on previous Sundays was Stafford, you know, running a play fake to the left side, pivoting, running all the way across the field to the right side, throwing on the run? Mm-hmm. Burrow, same thing. Burrow able to move around in the pocket, make plays with his legs. He could finish a game with zero rushing yards and still be a mobile quarterback. So I, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, that I mean, mobility is not necessarily tied to rushing ability. Mobility is escapability. Like Mahomes, you would consider to be mobile. Allen, mo- Allen may be a little bit different because he does run a lot. Yeah, but he, he, it's not a design run for him, and he's not breaking plays down and just running because he feels like doing it. He's just moving around in the pocket and taking what's there. I mean, so I did want to point that out, but yeah, yeah. Like, like I would just say, for someone who's not really still not getting it, Eli and Peyton Manning. Yeah, take that at quarterback. And versus, Drew Brees, versus and Drew Brees versus, um, what you call it? Yeah, Joe Burrow, Burrow, Herbert, and, and even Herbert. Carr to an extent. See how they play, like one. If there's a sack coming, they're literally gonna just fall to the ground because they're not gonna run. The other ones will move yeah. around in the pocket or, you know, yeah, make plays on their feet to extend the play. That's mobile. exactly yeah, running that's... is what Hurts does, or Lamar Jackson is just tuck it and run. Exactly. Screw the offense. Just go for it. It's like an option quarterback at that point. But uh, Stafford's no a 4-0 in the playoffs, 0-1 in his first 12 years. So you pose the question here on the duck, is he Hall of Fame material? Yeah, I yeah, still say was, no. That was based on the, the Richard Sherman. I didn't think that would even be a thought process. I, I'm with you. No. And you know what's crazy is there's a meme, another meme that says uh, heartbreaking. It's from the Onion. Heartbreaking. The worst person you know just made a good point. Richard Sherman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do agree. He said the Hall of Fame bar is incredibly low. It's like a participation trophy. All of a sudden, you have one or two accolades and you get put in the hall. So he says the same thing I did. Uh, no all pros, one Pro Bowl, one ring. Uh, doesn't It was never the best quarterback in a given season. I don't think he ever led the league in passing yards, never led in touchdowns. Granted, I understand he was in Detroit for a long time. He was the fastest to certain thresholds, 20,000 passing yards, 25,000, 35,000. He's, uh, I think, four yards away from 50,000 for his career. He will have counting stats, but greatness can't be measured in just these counting stats, you know? I mean, all right, so let's just say this. If Joe Burrow... And no MVPs either, I'm sorry. Uh, no MVPs. Matt Ryan at least has an MVP, according to... Uh, he wasn't even the MVP uh, in this Mr. Sherman. Like he mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... And he very well could have been. I mean, they could have gave it to him and nobody would have argued it. 
Nah, but Cooper Cup did what he did, so he yeah. balled out pretty good. I agree. Um, they made the right decision, but if they gave it to Stafford, would you have been surprised? It's it's basically this is how I say it. Thirteen years in Detroit, zero and one in the playoffs, right? Uh, the, that, although they did get kind of robbed of that game, that was the Dallas game. Still, I mean, I mean, you are what your record is at the end of the day. I agree. Yeah, numbers um, are numbers, but sometimes numbers can be misleading. But I think when you make the playoffs once, it's and the a lot best about player you. that he had was Megatron. That was it. It was objectively great. And now he's in a team with OBJ, Cup. He had Higby. He had Woods. Yeah, decent running game. A tremendous defense. That's very like, good offensive line. Offensive line, all that. So yeah, your stats are going to go to the moon for sure. Yeah. And, and a genius at coach, a good genius special teams coach. kicker punter, a uh, a team that's going to team and a GM that's going to put pieces around you to build and not be, you know, like maybe Detroit's a small market, who knows, mm. whatever their financial is. But let's just say this: that's one year out of the fourteen years or thirteen years. It's just like saying Joe Burrow, if he were to win the Super Bowl, is he a Hall of Famer based off of this one? season full, one full season is he a hall of fame joe burrow no he's in his second year just because stafford has 10 plus years doesn't mean he's a hall of fame because he won a ring there's many players who have one or two that are still not in the hall of fame can't put stafford in there right away eventually he'll get in maybe because of this participation kind of thing of nostalgia because he did what he did but ultimately he's not hall of fame right now no if he were to repeat this for another two three years if he wants to keep going then we'll we'll revisit it, but yeah, right listen, now, nah. Listen, he's not done either. Uh, the jury's still out, but I do have a, a gripe with people who, Ooh. whenever something has recently happened, just gripe. because it's the most you know fresh thing in your mind doesn't mean it's the greatest thing that's ever happened. Cooper Cup's not the greatest receiver of all time. Stafford's not a Hall of Famer. This wasn't the best Super Bowl that ever happened. Just because something is fresh doesn't make it the best. Recency bias. Exactly. That's all it is. Um, and uh, last thing before we move on to the NBA court, uh, the TTPs. Yes. Uh, Rob, I mean, what happened, brother? So we, let's. Uh, we played it out, and then all of a sudden you didn't follow through. You I were going to make some yeah. serious coin. What so happened? I don't have all of them here, although I do have them on another sheet. I print out all of our sheets. So uh, props from last episode. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, our TTPs, we had 10 picks for the TTPs. I'll run through some of the fun props that we didn't actually count. Yeah. So the coin toss, you had tails, I had heads, heads hit that one. Gatorade shower, you said purple, I said blue, blue hit. The anthem, we both had the over and the over hit. Uh, will any scoring drive take less time than the anthem? You said no, I said yes. Scoring yeah. drive, first play of the third quarter is when Higgins scored, so <laughs> yes. Will there be a word omitted in the national anthem? No. Uh, the number of planes there in the flyover? Re-listen, it was set at five and a at five even i said it would be a push and they did exactly <laughs> what i said they, i said it would be a flying v from the mighty ducks one here two behind it and two behind that boom find the pictures it was um <laughs> you said who will be shown first burrow or stafford you said stafford i said burrow um, and i believe it was burrow we both said that a, a part of eminem's performance would be censored i believe there was uh kendrick did not wear a hoodie we were both wrong about that snoop smoking so on stage i think we both said no what will be mentioned first in the MVP speech? I actually don't remember. I think it was God. Probably was. <laughs> Most likely. When in doubt. More than likely God. was. Um, <laughs> will a field goal or extra point hit the upright and miss? We both said yes, and it did not happen. Um, what happens first, a sack or a touchdown? I think we both said sack. How many times will the measurement chains be used over or under one and a half times? We both said over, and it didn't happen once. 
Really? And I had number, it at least once. Yeah, I, I don't remember like it though. I, I I did miss time. So I was doing dishes and I was cooking toward the end. Number of players of the passing attempt over two and a half hit. Very easy. Both of us had that. How many commercials will have a dog? I don't remember counting. So I'm going to say yes. It was, was over working. six and a half. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember too many of the commercials except for the one from Coinbase that had the thing bouncing around the screen. Um, I have no so idea. let's hit the, um, the TTPs real quick. There was 10 uh, options here. Winner of the game. You had Cincinnati. I had the Rams. Check in my wah, box. Wah, wah, wah. Spread. We both had plus four at hit. We both had over 48 and a half. That did not. Over prop. You had Stafford over two and a half passing touchdowns. Boom. Made money. Made money. On I that. had, because, you know, you really got to rely on the big guns. I had Samaje Pirine over three and a half rushing yards. I think he finished with like zero. <laughs> uh, under prop. You had under 28 and a half yards. For Kendall Blanton. Boom. Hit on that. I had under five and a half rushing yards for Stafford. I missed. Um, you had Cooper Cup. I had T. Higgins for most receiving yards. Higgins by a sliver. Yeah. Uh, you hit on Mixon having the most rushing yards. I had Cam Akers. He was not even close. Um, you had Stafford with more yards. I had Burrow. You were correct about Stafford. First touchdown, you had Bengals defense. I had Odell Beckham. So advantage Money. myself. Money. MVP, we were both wrong. You said Burrow. I said Donald. So we, I think we both broke even five and five on the week. Um, take that. I'll have to double check. We will get a, a tally for the TTPs and then probably not mention it next episode. I think it was a little <laughs> off. I don't want to rub it in my um, my co-host's face here. Damn. But hey, but if I finish five and five in the Super Bowl, this kind of just like all that matters. That. It's recency bias, dude. Yeah. After my tumultuous <laughs> run at TTPs, where I went, where I didn't even play the first week because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I told you we could just fabricate that. I'll no. give you two and one, and we would I'll be fine. Nobody, nobody was listening. Um, keep it real. <laughs> moving on yeah. to the hardwood oh my of the Wells Fargo Center. Now, if this happened on the road, I wouldn't be as crushed. So if the Sixers. Thank God we didn't go to this game, by the way. Oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> Luckily, life got in the way a little bit. Um, so the Sixers... Set, uh, six worst losses of the last 10 years. Number six, they lost by 40 to the Warriors in 2014. Number five, they lost by 43 to the Warriors literally a month and a half later. Um, 45, they lost to the Clippers in 2014. 48 the other night against the Celtics. 51, they lost to the Spurs in 2015. And then 53 against the Mavs in 2014. 2014 was a pretty bad year for the Sixers, but uh, the Celtics just handed the Sixers the worst loss in over five years um this broke a string of 69 consecutive games where the sixers at least held the lead at some point the sixers right out of the back got destroyed by the celtics um bench was emptied we finally met paul Millsap. he made his debut uh three of six oh we get two threes well a couple of rebounds he was a minus eight i don't think a single sixer was a plus and i don't think a single celtic was a minus um what are your uh what are your thoughts I mean, this game from the jump was I saw as soon as I saw the scoreboard, I'm like, oh, legit, a thirty, and then you were yeah. like, thank God we didn't go to this game. And then I looked at the board, I'm like, yeah. oh, what happened there? Yeah, um, it's just putrid. I don't know what's going on. This is probably what's gonna. Well, this is probably what's gonna look like when Harden gets takes the court because the gelling will process. Be awkward. Awkward, the jellying process, that pick and roll we saw in person, they tried it without Harden. It looked rough. It looked rough. But of course, Harden's a different animal than yeah. I don't they know, will make Danny it work. Green or Cork Maz. 
do, being the passer. Corkmas has really, really stunk it up this year, man. Niang's been fine. Thibel, for the most part, has been fine. Harris has been good. DRG's been pretty rough. If Millsap can at least stabilize the bench, that'd be a good thing. But bro, when oh I boy, did the Paul Reed looked like crap the other day as well. Oh yeah, I mean after that, oh, he's gonna he'll be up and down. I understand that. Yeah. Um, doing the research for this game because I didn't see it because I saw Millsap's tweet. I'm like, oh, he, he's tweeting like as if he played, and I didn't expect him to play. I thought he would debut with Harden. Yeah. So I went on the box score. I'm like, oh shit, he actually played. Yeah. This king right here played nine minutes. He was the leading, tied for the leading scorer off the bench with Niang. Niang played 22 minutes, yeah. and they both ended up with nine points. And Millsap had, had a better stat line than the entire bench. Yeah. And Thibel and Daniel. Oh, no, DRG. I don't yeah. know See, the Sixers went on a run at one point, got it down to 16. I thought it would be doable. That's I cute. actually took the Sixers live. I had them plus 17, 17 and a half, and they lost by 48, so it shows what I know. Um you want to get into the press conference? Well, let's just flush this one down the toilet. They play the Bucks tonight, which is a big one, but you want to jump into the press conferences a little bit? I mean, they, they're, they're taking on Giannis, who just came off a 50-point game himself, and then yeah. the Sixers coming off a gigantic loss. So, Listen, it's a left-down spot, and Embiid always guards Giannis, so he's not putting up 50 tonight. He, he can bully Anthony Davis all he wants. He's not bullying Joel Embiid. All right. Um, this will be a statement game tonight. Let's jump into the press conferences before I get my bold prediction for tonight's game. Let's go. Um, press conferences, they are where they were. Amazingly, they were both what an hour, a half an hour apart from each other. So, so yeah, I so was I was funny. listening, I was listening to the fanatic last night. So the Simmons press conference was actually set to be a different day. The Harden press conference was set to be, I believe, at noon yesterday, uh, or whatever Tuesday, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as that became well known information, the Nets brought upon the uh, the Simmons press conference eleven thirty in the morning on the same day. Now, the thought behind this by Philadelphia writers and reporters is that if the Nets were to do this, Philadelphia writers would not be able to call into the Zoom and get into the press conference and ask questions because they would be preoccupied with the Harden press conference, uh, which is why Simmons was throwing a bunch of softballs and still gave no answers to any of them. So good on the Nets for also ducking the Sixers fans one more time. <laughs> good on Simmons for sitting there and saying nothing. Good on Chris Russo and, um, and Stephen A. Smith for pretty much dunking on Simmons on first take yesterday as well. So I have to see that again. What a bum a Simmons is. Uh, if he is truly dealing with any mental things, I have my condolences to him, but a lot of things are lining up in the uh, uh, direction that would suggest otherwise. otherwise. So, I mean, I think Shaq even said it. He Simmons yeah. needs to know the difference between, I think, mental health and something else. Uh, yeah. Listen, none of us was, are, but you and I are both big proponents Oh yeah, for of sure. mental health and anybody that is dealing with anything mental health it is just as important as physical health. So neither of us want to you know minimize anything that may be happening in his in his real life. And I understand that there was some stuff last year with you know his sister and his brother in law and things like that or uh, stepbrother or whatever. I didn't know so there's a lot of dark stuff that was going on. And if that's truly what is affecting him, then absolutely my sympathy is with him. Obviously, um, his, however, his personal life too with his love life because he had Kendall yeah. and then. All of a sudden, that thing blew up in his face. Now he's with Maya Jama or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, but it's no coincidence that Bill Simmons and um, and Jackie McMullen had a podcast together and suggested the mental health thing. And then literally forty eight hours later is when Ben Simmons came out with this mental health stuff. So, and he stopped getting paid, and that's when this came up. And none of this happened until after the Hawks series. But he claims it was before. 
listen, somebody's lying. And that was Stephen A's point. Somebody's lying. And there's three sides to every story, both parties and then a recollection of it and the truth. So listen, um, and, and I'm being dead serious. If there is anything going on with him, we both will walk it back and give our condolences to him. However, this all just lines up poorly. And him ducking Philly media once more is just adds another layer to this. I mean, I'll do it right now. I'll walk back like prior. Like I didn't, you know, I always thought like this is just like a an excuse. Just like, all right, I'll throw the mental health. No one will really bash on me because mental health is serious. I'll use yeah. it as a crutch. And you can't but, quantify it. Yeah, you really can't. But after like personally going through it with a family member and then I'm noticing myself with the seasonal depression and stuff and how my mood swings go. Yeah, it's a real thing. And not like I didn't believe it beforehand, but like when someone says it, I'm not going to just think otherwise. I'll just yeah. fully believe it until you give me a reason not to. And neither of us mean to dismiss this either yeah. because we do both believe it's an important thing. However, in this particular scenario, we both believe it's being a little bit uh, and it's being pulled to its limit. And we can't we can't play favoritism either. Um, same mm-hmm. thing with Harden. Harden, you can't come and say you have a hamstring injury. Oh yeah, <laughs> your last days with the Nets, and then this is probably quote unquote why you're not playing because you're dealing yeah. with a quote unquote hamstring. But then we're seeing pictures and videos of you doing step backs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. This honestly, like, this now. this hamstring thing is all a ruse. And honestly, it's another him not playing until after the All Star break is another. I think there's another layer to it, which is the, the tampering aspect. Yeah. Maury obviously tampered and we're not going to run away from that. We both believe it's kind of BS the way tampering happens in sports. And it's obvious that this happened, but Maury and Harden are in, you know, in bed with each other. So they want to, you know, create this reunion so that this, this hamstring thing may had, may have been legitimate maybe at the outset, but right now you can't, you can't cry hamstring. I think yeah. it's, even if they just said uh, load management for Harden, he's not acclimated yet. He hasn't yeah. played in a couple of weeks. We're just going to shelf him until after the all-star break and we're going to work him in. I would respect that. I don't want to hear this hamstring stuff anymore. Yeah. So yeah, for both players, like exactly, it's the hamstring is bogus. But if he is dealing with it, obviously, you know, yeah. whatever. And, and one more layer. And well, one more sense. layer. Yeah. It's kind of BS that Harden um, didn't wasn't here in time for his physical, which is why Curry <laughs> and Drummond weren't able to play their first game with the Nets until a couple nights ago. So uh, let's be fair. You got to call yeah. a spade a spade. Harden is uh, not exactly a saint, and Sixers are easily the most hateable team in the NBA right now. Um, yeah. and going forward, they will be, which is why <laughs> there's no shot they let them win the championship. Um, and I do like this though. I think someone mentioned it, I think it was on uh, one of these ESPN shows with Richard Jefferson that now we actually have an actual rivalry in the NBA because the NBA has been kind of cookie oh, yeah. cutter soft lately, everyone being buddy buddy. But this feels like a rivalry dating back to when the Nets came to, I believe, when they came to Wells Fargo or vice versa, where Durant basically waved off. And beating the team, and then when yeah. he came to Brooklyn, they waved him off. So it's a lot of chit chat back and yeah. forth between those two. Now you got the Harden situation, not dealing with Kyrie, now Simmons not liking yeah. the team. It's and it's a solid it rivalry. Become, it's going to blow up, and it'll it's the it the closest thing that we have to a rivalry in the NBA. It's not even a rivalry anymore. It was KD with the Thunder after he left, and now it's everybody and their grandmother versus Grayson Allen. And aside from yeah. those two things, there's no real rivalry in the NBA. I mean. Oh, you yeah, can Gordon try to Hayward. force. I Gordon mean, they Hayward. tried to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gordon Hayward and uh, and democracy, I guess. But um, the other uh, the other thing that they tried to force on us for what three years now is Lakers Clippers, and that is never and will never be a thing. The second Kawhi went to the Clippers, and the second LeBron went to the Lakers, all oh, the battle of Los Angeles, and it's never materialized. 
Also, another one was uh, uh, LeBron versus Curry. Like, Never uh, happened. No, they, like, they like each other. That's the problem. Everybody's buddies nowadays. But this there was is, legitimate uh, disliking between uh, Westbrook and Durant when that whole thing went down. And now there's legitimate butting heads in Brooklyn between Harden and Kyrie. And Kyrie and Durant were always on the same page. And Durant took Kyrie's side. Basketball is the greatest soap opera in the world. I mean, when I follow, it wants to be. I follow House of Highlights on YouTube. And they show clips here and there, and they'll say, "Oh, an insane brawl!" I'm like, "Oh, all right," because I'm a sports uh, like, two I'm guys fighting. like tugging on each other's jerseys, ba- right? Barely, barely. I'm like, this is the massive fight. They got into it. Physicality. Yeah. Dude, Meanwhile, this- two guys on opposite ends of the stadium pointing their finger, going, "You're, you're a poopy head." Dude, they, they described the CP3 ejection like it was flagrant. I looked oh, at it. I, I I had to look back five times. I didn't know what happened. I don't know. What oh, the, and the Brandon Ingram thing too. I'm pretty sure the verbiage was just crazy. Yeah. The, the last time anything resembled a fight in the NBA was when Brandon Ingram punched. Um, it was Chris Paul, wasn't it? Did he punch Chris Paul? I don't remember. It was Lakers and Rockets the first game a couple of years ago. Brandon Ingram and uh, Rondo and Chris Paul got into it. Probably, yeah. Ingram came in and punched around the pile. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cat yeah, and Towns kind of got into it a little bit later on. And then um, this year with Jokic and the Morris twins, that was but, another thing. But I mean, that was the best. Even those never talk. turned into rivalries. Yeah, they didn't. I mean, we, we need hatred in sports. We, we thought they were. Yeah, we but, need uh, hatred in sports. To get back on topic, um, the press conferences, yes. um, the one highlight that I saw was Harden was asked along the lines of, uh, champion, is this a championship team this year or next year? And before this uh, reporter can get her question off, he said, hell yeah. Give me so, a hell yeah. Basically, he did his uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin impersonation a little bit, a little bit flat, you know, I'll give him a C minus yeah, for it. Not for the, the same. Delivery. Not the same. Um, redacted. he doesn't strike me as a beer drinker either. I don't think there's very much beer at strip clubs, oh, no, just he, a lot of oh, boneless no. wings and tequila. Oh, he'll be hitting all the show and tells, the cheerleaders. Oh, he's already made that. He hit for the cycle already. <laughs> Great. Oh, also, also, break. He won't even oh my god, here. he's got another week to get. Oh my, he's gonna be 400 pounds. <laughs> it's a good thing they got the physical done already. <laughs> did we get uh, look like Zion Williamson? I was just gonna say, did we get Harden or Zion? <laughs> Craziness. Um, Highlights from the redacted uh, one. Uh, he says he's thrilled to be a net after dark times, quote unquote, in Philadelphia. So, I mean, take yeah. that for what it is. So I'm going to give him a little bit of a break because he did, whether he's full of crap or not, he did say he, he didn't come in and he didn't really sit there and go, I really am happy to be a place where the coach believes me and the players believe me. He did say, listen, none of this mental health stuff had anything to do with coaches' comments, other players' comments, or the fans. Yeah. Whether he's full of crap or not, at least he's being mature about it. So I will give him some credit there. Um, good on him. Good on his PR staff. And uh, I'm sorry, keep going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, because we, this was the first time I actually heard him speak. It's the first time he has spoken in a while. That too. I mean, he's been relatively quiet. So yeah. this was his moment to kind of like clear the air. And he didn't really do too much of it, but he did enough to, you know, yeah. get past. And then the other was one he was, rocking two earrings, by the way? He was. So one of them was on the left, and the other one was on the one right. of them was on the gay side. Hey man, I'm kidding. <laughs> I had both earrings at one point. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, uh, I said fuck it, going all in. And I look pretty good with them. Nah. Then I had a grown up job, and they were like, uh, "You gotta take those off." He makes it work because his head is a circle, not an oval, so it's all symmetrical. That too. Um. Uh, and then the other quote was, uh, it's going to be scary playing with those guys and those guys as in Durant and Irving. Scary for him because they're going to turn on him within six games. That too. But, I mean, he's not wrong because 
Yeah. On the defensive side, say if, I don't know, Danny Green, of course, bricks oh a three. All first the man to get the rebound. Him and Durant. Yeah, first person to get the rebound either will be Embiid or Simmons. Jesus. Simmons gets the ball. He pushes it up the court immediately, head up. You have Irving, Patty Mills, and Durant on the wings. Come on now, son. And then he's going for the rack, and if he doesn't see a clear uh, hole, he's going to dish it out to one of those players. And he has Seth Curry yep. now at the three-point, or Patty Mills. So yeah. he's, he's loaded with guys that I think he'll play better with him. Yeah, He has shooters around him now. Now, I do think he – I don't know if he mentioned it because I didn't watch his actual press conference, but I heard some comments about it. Um, he believes that the best iteration of himself in a lineup is, you know, kind of pace, 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 and a little bit of space, which is kind of how they finished that 18 season with uh, when Embiid was on the shelf. Remember when he got hit in the face by Markel Fultz and he, like, broke his nose or whatever? And they came <laughs> out at Ilyasova, Dario, um, Bellinelli, all these guys – and Covington all, and Redick, all these guys around Simmons, and they were just going at a 400 miles a minute. I think that uh, – that the Nets team is a little bit better for him to work with. I don't think he and Drummond will fit together, but I think they will make it work. And I, their small ball lineups are a little scary because he, he or Durant can play the fives and he can be the, you know, the ball handler at any time. They could have four guys on the floor that could be handling the ball between himself, Mills, Durant and uh, Irving, or even Javon Carter, if he's on the floor with them as well. So the, the Brooklyn's going to be scary come playoff time. Granted, there's only, two dozen or so games for each team to play until the playoffs begin. So we may not even see the fruits of their labor until the next year, yeah, but we get, we get a March 10th preview. Yeah. If all things go as planned, there's no shot. He's going to play. I put up, I won't put my paycheck. Hold up. I'll put 20 bucks that he will play March 10th. I don't think he will. I'm, I'm telling you, he, he even himself said he's looking forward to playing March 10th. He and, but he said, said hopefully he'll play. I don't think he will. He's looking forward to it. Uh, real quick, Sixers, Bucks tonight. Who do you think wins? My heart says the Sixers. My brain says the Bucks. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with the Bucks. They're at home. TNT game is the last game, I believe, before the break as well. I know it is for the Sixers. I don't know if it's for the Bucks, but it is the last game for the Sixers before they go on the break. And I think they are. I think their head, half their head is like already, you know, give me a week off. The other is in this game. So, Bucks are I think the Sixers hang in it. I'll say this much they won't get blown out by 50. No shot. They, they what's the line? Probably six. That's what uh, it makes me feel like. I got to look real quick. I think it's six. It's five. Oh, is it really? I think it's five. Uh, I'm guessing, honestly. <laughs> six and a half. That makes sense. I, the Bucks will probably win, but I think the Sixers hang in it. Um, do we get dueling triple doubles tonight in this game, Mr. Embiid and Mr. Long? Uh, Lampo. I think Embiid triple and Giannis or both double. get triple, triple doubles. I think they both go for no shots 30, 10, and 10. No shot. I think they will. I say double, double, triple, double. I think they both get triple doubles. There's no way. Let's uh let's see if we can parlay this real quick. Oh yeah, we'll do it right now. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. He is plus fifteen hundred to get ten assists. What is Benny saying over there? Is he? I don't. He there's on? nobody here. He's screaming out the freaking window. Uh, we just got starting lineups for the evening. Uh, Holiday, Nawara, Middleton, Giannis, and Portis. Oh God, who the hell is going to guard and beat? And we got Niang, Harris, 
and beat Thibel Maxi. So different lineups. I like Niang. I like that over Corkmoss for sure. I like that over Thibel or Green. We're going to put a dollar on it. And beat Giannis each to score 30. Giannis and Embiid each to have 10 and 10. Otherwise, let's do let's let's roll. All right. Um let's get to our last yes. second last segment. Uh your uh, your biggest segment of the week. Yeah, I was looking forward to this. NHL trade deadline. The Flyers are the main central point of this one. Uh the deadline is March. <laughs> Sorry. The deadline is March 21st, a little over a month from now. Yes. Uh, today's the 17th of the recording. Uh, publicly now, Claude Giroux, the Capitan, the Capitan, el Presidente, not really the President, uh, Claude Giroux publicly wants to trade to the Colorado Avalanche. And if that does not work, he has two other teams in play. Um, I have a tweet from Adrian Dater at a Dater. Uh, he's the Avalanche insider. I have and, a question. Yeah, go for it. I, I don't mean to cut you off. No, uh, Adrian Dater. Is this the person that dates Adrian or is this Adrian and he likes to date? I think. Uh, got to get dated, to the pressing. He dated Adrian. Okay. So this he, is. Uh, like he so, dates people named Adrian. So Adrian is the, is the object, not the subject here. Yes. Got it. Yes. Um, he's an avalanche insider and quote tweets. Uh, I'm told that Claude Drew has made it known to Flyers GM Chuck Fletcher that Colorado is where he wants to go. If somehow that does not work out, Minnesota or St. Louis would be acceptable alternatives. Thoughts? Mm, I think that Colorado all along has been the only team that's been really linked to him. Minnesota, don't rule them out. Uh, General Manager Bill Guerin with Minnesota said that he's not, you know, seeking out the big move, but he will make a move. Yeah. Minnesota, I think, is a dark horse to win it all this year, by the way. Um, Really? If you're a betting man, I believe they're plus 1,600 to win the cup right now. They are a very good team. Why um, not, then? I just don't know if anybody can match what Colorado has to offer. They have young players that can trade draft picks. They have a lot of good players on that team. So if Giroux's going to you know, waive his no-movement clause, which he has, um, I think it's more likely to be Colorado. I think he's a good fit there. They have guys like Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Gabriel Landeskog, and then even Guys on the second and third lines that can make plays. I think he's a better fit there. Their style of play, Minnesota is a little bit more, a little bit more juice in Minnesota. Colorado is a lot more skill. Um, Colorado might have an easier avenue to the cup as well. Uh, the Pacific is not exactly the strongest aside from Colorado and um, uh, Vegas. So I think he has an easier avenue to get to the final couple of rounds. So Colorado feels like the favorite all along. Um, however, I'm not ruling out Minnesota. I don't think St. Louis is the team that would make that move. I don't really know if they are equipped right now to win another cup. But Minnesota, I think, is a really interesting team. I mean, they're just loaded with talent, dude. I think we talked about this about two episodes, three episodes ago that uh, for the All Star break, you know, it was like a swan song. Like you saw yeah. the writing was on the wall that this could be like we were saying it prior. Yeah. To this, you know, to the all-star that what do you do with this team? This team is when they were losing what 17 straight. Like, what do you do with Claude Drew? And here it is. I mean, yeah. people listen to the BA turn pod. Just please just tag yeah. us. We're we're here. We we're outside. Um, anyway. You heard it here, folks. Yeah. Here first. You would have heard it re- here first, but we, we recorded a day before we released. <laughs> <laughs> and we have receipts. Go back. 
listen to our anthology episodes. We were saying it. Um, That's why they're so long. So, so nobody can question if we got something right because they're not going to go listen anyway. We <laughs> called we, it. We called it on episode two that Ertz would get traded to the uh, the Cardinals. We called it. We we knew it. I'm telling you, Russell Wilson will be an Eagle by the end of 2022. What yeah, we should so do like, is just record ourselves making the same prediction, but with different teams. So when we're finished we're this, bound to be I don't right. know, man. I think he's going to go to Chicago and, and then we'll just cut and paste and put it on the Instagram. People will hear it. Like in in four years, uh, Hurts will be a backup on the Chicago Bears. And like, see, back in 2022, I told you he'll be a bear. <laughs> Rob was still alive when we said it. <laughs> Jesus, your morbidity, man. You got to get that in check. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it's bittersweet, honestly, mm-hmm. with uh, Claude Drew. Like, we love him here, but like we've said it yeah. in nauseum. Best for him, just move on, get a fresh start. Go after that that cup. At least have a fighting chance because not with this organization at the state that it's in right now. Not yeah. with the players you got, even though a Kevin Hayes, I believe that's his name, yep. and other players are there. But listen, the door is open for a comeback as well because he will be a free agent this summer. So listen, if Chuck Fletcher really wants to make a teardown happen this year, Giroux is the biggest trade chip they have. If they want to get spicy, think about moving. Um, I mean, I don't know who's going to take Van Riemsdyk's contract. If you want to get spicy, move Hayes. Move Couturier, move Konechny, consider moving Provorov and get rid of Ellis. Ristolainen and Yadel can go as well. But I think Giroux is their biggest trade chip. It, Giroux, Ristolainen, and Yandel have to go because they're all impending free agents, mm-hmm. especially Giroux. You can't lose him for nothing. I have a question, though, and I, this is kind of relatively unprecedented aside from Anthony Davis, who even still played. Um, <laughs> do you think they should hold him out just Giroux. so he doesn't get hurt? Giroux? Yeah. Or do you think they should just keep letting him play? I think he's he's not far from having a thousand games played as a flyer. So I think that might be an important landmark for him. He's already second in points or whatever. So he's he's broke the records he had a chance to break. So I mean that's the incentive, I would think. I would keep him playing out of respect. If that's what he wants to do, Fair. you can tell him, like, look, we we would like to sit you down. Barring any injuries yeah. like that, I mean, we will grant you your trade, but last thing we want is you hurt. But milestone, and for the fans to, to be able to see Claude Giroux, you know, you want to be able to see him. You know, it's also ticket sales as well. Last thing you want to hear is, yeah, we're going to shut down Claude Giroux <laughs> till March twenty first. Yeah, fair. Like that's not good. Um, it's bittersweet, but uh, the end of the road is here. Hopefully, he lands in Colorado or Minnesota. Yeah. Um, great career. So there are 14 games remaining, including tonight, until the trade deadline for the Flyers. Uh-huh. Um, and Giroux was 12 games away from a thousand as a Flyer. So I think that might matter to him. So I don't know how how likely it is he sits out. But I mean, you gotta be careful. He's your biggest asset. And if you lose him for nothing, it's gonna be tough to swallow, especially with how how there's a whole lot of nothing right now in the farm system. They have more than the other Philly teams, but not a whole lot. But it's yeah it's godspeed we all love Giroux and philly i mean there's a lot of differing opinions on them but i think generally they're positive and i think as we wind down Giroux's playing career in philadelphia we uh we appreciate him a little bit more and more for sure um i heard of the all name right. i don't follow the sport like that but i've heard drew everywhere oh, he's a class act yeah oh, absolute I've, class act i'm sure at one point at, at work i've met him and his family and i didn't even notice yeah. Seems like an incredible human being um, and a great family. He and his wife and their two beautiful kids. 
Um, and everybody that's ever played with him has never really said anything negative about him. Uh, I think hockey having the captain C on jerseys really skews people's viewpoints on players because every, I would imagine half the teams that have – so there's 32 teams now in the NHL. I bet you it's 16 captains are loved and 16 are uh, maligned in their cities. He's not captain material. It should be so-and-so. And it's always been that way. I remember when Wayne Simmons was here. Oh, take the C from Giroux. Put it on Simmons. Simmons plays with heart. No, he doesn't. Just fights people. Really? See, this is why I always thought about the C on the on these players. NBA doesn't stands have for that. cookie. NBA doesn't have that, but you have like the consensus leaders, like, like yeah. Garnett or a Curry, a LeBron, Embiid probably at this point, uh, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, basketball doesn't have it. Baseball doesn't have it either. Not that I think the like. only player I remember. So it was it was made Derek public Jeter. that Derek Jeter was the captain. The only player I remember having a C on his jersey and being the obvious captain was um, was Jason Veritek, like the Red Sox. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. But like, if I asked you right now, who's the Phillies captain? Like, who the heck? I don't know. It could be Real Muto. It could be Harper. It could be Didi. Could be I don't know. It could be anybody with any type of we'll experience. Have more is the captain. Of yeah, team. but I mean, like, he's he's kind of like the he's a glue guy. You know what I mean? Like, if I told you this Phillies captain two years ago was Cesar Hernandez, would you believe me? Uh, who the heck knows? But maybe he was. Oh, what? You know? Who? But like um, the only guys in baseball you know are probably captains or either superstars or catchers. So, and then football, some of the captains aren't necessarily leaders; they're just guys that have been there the longest. Like, that's and it's usually just the quarterback. I mean, Burrow. Uh, uh, over time, you've realized he's a good leader. But Wentz has never been a good leader, and he was a captain for three years here. So, I mean, uh, Brett Favre was appointed captain when he went to the Jets his first year. So, I mean, but he's a veteran. It's usually just old guys like Andrew Whitworth has a C on his jersey. Brady does. Brady's an actual leader, though. But I mean, that's uh, what I'm getting to. But also, there's so many stars, right? Yeah. And there's so many. Well, the stars are, I think, for how many years they've been captain. Oh, well, there's only three stars. Well, there's four, and then the whole thing turns gold if you've been there for four more years. Yeah. Um, What I was getting to is like that exact perfect example. Like Jake Elliott could be a captain. Like what captain of what the punters and the kickers? Yeah, Bruce Hill was a captain the year they won the Super Bowl. So my point is like with I felt like because I'm just an observer with hockey. I feel like the C in hockey holds more weight than the other sports combined. So when I see a Claude yeah. Giroux having the C, I'm like, this is a this is a man leading other men right here. Yeah. And it's important, it holds weight. But now that you said that, oh, give it a sh- Wayne Simmons, like it's like just pass off like it's but that's a, yeah that's definitely that's a fan kind of, thing it's, it's like uh but that's how i feel so the captain leaving the flyers it's gonna suck i personally if you have to have a captain on every team like it's a a rule then i guess give it to the next best player but i yeah. would not give a captain the, the c once if claude Giroux gets traded before march 21st the c should it be vacant until you I, get yeah, I wouldn't have one. So you, you have the option to have three alternates and no actual captain. So it's a captain and two alternates. Mm-hmm. You can have rotating alternates. Uh, I remember in the past, the Flyers at one point had, um, uh, who the heck was it? Um, I think Giroux was a captain. They had Briere, Yager, um, Kimo Timonen, and Scott Hartnell alternated the A. Two guys were home, two guys were away. And then oh, over yeah. time, they did the same thing with like Mark Streit. Simmons had one. I think Voracek may have had a letter, but I, I don't know how they're doing it now. I would imagine it's Provorov and Katuria each have the A, and that's Erhaze. So they cycle through it. You can go captainless 
Uh, the year before the Flyers appointed Mike Richards captain, they had three alternates. I think it was Richards, Gagne, and um, I don't know, probably Jeff Carter or something. So you can go captainless. I think I would wait until the offseason just in yeah. case you do bring in a big fish. Otherwise, give it to Hayes or Couturier or Provorov. And also, like, the Flyers aren't going anywhere. So putting the C on someone's chest is not going to give a boost of anything. Especially if you're going to bring in a big fish, then it's like, yeah, but we're going to take that right yeah, back. They, they could also bring him right back in the offseason. I don't know how likely it is and how often that truly really happens. It doesn't happen a whole lot in sports, but it's possible. Uh, Benny, Benny agrees with me. Yes. All right. Everyone's favorite segment outside of the top fives and tens. WNL. WNL. Uh, if you're if you're new to the turnpot, and I know a couple of you are, because a couple of people have reached out to me uh, having listened recently, and I appreciate the kind words. Both of us do. Uh, WNL, uh, it's kind of just like it, it originated with the meme. Here's your L, hold this L, whatever. Uh, it's just, it doesn't actually have to be, oh, Wake Forest lost by two at the buzzer the other night. It's not literal wins and losses. It's more figurative. And you'll understand that as we get through the uh, the segment here. Um, my friend, how many do you have for each? Um, I have a fourth W here. <laughs> I just saw I that. have two W's and six L's. It's been a while since we've done this. So I have a, a couple. I'll, I'll blow through mine, I promise. I have four W's. Three L's and one bittersweet. It's a new one. It's just you know a little wrinkle in there. How would you like to do? Would you like me to blow through mine and then you can do yours, or? Sir, there's no need to blow anything. We don't need to just calm down. No need to blow. Or do you want to kind of alternate here? <laughs> um. Yeah. Well. And what would you one. prefer to start with? You want to start with W's or L's? Give me an L. Let's I have more to- L's than W. So my first L, Tracy McGrady. Came on? out and put his foot in his mouth, as a lot of retired players have done in recent years. Uh-oh. This is whether or not Giannis Antetokounmpo would have struggled in T-Mac's era. If you can't shoot, it's going to be hard. And Giannis's game is predicated on coming downhill. It would have been tough for him to be who he is today back then. Uh, I'm going to call bullshit on that because Giannis was probably in better shape now than anybody that played in T-Mac's era. And there was a lot less shooting in T-Mac's era. I mean, Christ, uh, Reggie Miller and Ray Allen stuck out like sore thumbs. If they played in today's game, they would just be Buddy Heald and and freaking Clay Thompson. I mean, like, they would just be regular. Everybody shoots now, so that's nonsense. I understand there'd be less space, but Giannis would be a thousand times quicker than any power forward in his era, aside from maybe guys like Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan who could hold up with him. But you mean to tell me that Tyrone Hill is going to stop him or Horace Grant is going to stop him? Absolutely not. So, T-Mac, shut the hell up because you're wrong. Idiot. He's probably talking about, obviously, the, it's always with these the generational players. The they, don't watch the, they don't watch the product anymore. That's, they're so out of touch. It's the physicality part of it. Like, I'm sure, yeah, Jonas wouldn't be, like, getting free baskets. He'll get literally assaulted on the way Ridiculous. to the basket. But Ridiculous. his size, his power, his frame, his all-around game, They'll probably, they would probably, that generation would probably start the hacker shack on Giannis because Giannis can't really shoot free throws, even though he does shoot them. But he would just power through everybody and get to the lane and it would all be at once. Yeah. Um, craziness. T Mac. Get real. He's an idiot. Unreal. He's a, him and Pippen. I've lost so much interest in being fans of guys like that. Grant Hill, Greg Anthony, these are the guys, and Brent Barry, like these guys that have retired and become really, really good at their job. Barkley and Shaq, too. Ledger. I, I really appreciate them. I'm sorry. Legs. Like I forget his name. Oh, Legler. Yeah, Legler's yeah. great too. Um, uh, an L here. I saw personal. 
I'm a mechanic, bro. Dude. When I came to visit Friday, I had my oil change. because I didn't know how to do my oil change like an idiot. Yeah. But from here on out, I'll do my own oil change from now on. But that Friday, I did my oil change. It wasn't until Tuesday I realized from my father, it was like, hey, uh, you should get check out your car because uh, there's some oil leaks. I'm like, oh, shit, what the fuck? Go and take it to the mechanic. We pop the hood. He quickly feels, he quickly realizes this is a major problem. And he went and got a spray and tried to clean everything up. Apparently, the filter that I bought, he claims that it's the wrong filter. I'm like, it's bogus because it's the exact same one that was in the car prior to buying it. Mind you, mm-hmm. I just bought this car. Just bought this car. Used car. Oh, yeah, like a week ago, right? Yeah. And he claims that it was the wrong one. So the oil over the course of four days or five days was basically all up in the in, in the motor under the hood in the engine oh, and then underneath the entire car. So I spent that Tuesday on my day off. 45 minutes of him cleaning, trying to clean it off. And it's still to this day, still like a little dripping here and there. But, and I just got this car. And uh, my brother in law, Israel, as you know, not too happy. He was just like, dude, your car could be seized up. It could have been very bad. Thankfully, it looked like it's running still, but what an L for me and the mechanic. I was like, it's out of your control, too. Honestly, if anything happens, it can actually be liable. Yeah, it's. Ridiculous. It sucks. It's ridiculous. I mean, a simple job that I thought, and then all of a sudden, I could be driving a lemon at this point. Yeah. Lost some money, but that's an L for me. And all right. Number, number two L for me. Uh, this is both pro football focus and Sam Ocho, both omitting Patrick Mahomes from their top five quarterbacks. What? Um, pro football focus has their five highest graded quarterbacks this season. Joe Burrow, Tom Brady, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers. Mahomes is missing from the list. Sam Ocho also has Joe Burrow ahead of uh Mahomes and he said it's because of what happened recently. Uh, Mahomes was in the playoff. Justin Herbert was not, and Acho had him in his top five. Further proving that none of these people actually watch the sports that they're paid to talk about. Pro football focus has an algorithm, I'm sure, but you can't tell me that Burrow was the best quarterback in football this year when Brady had like every statistical category. And you can't tell me Mahomes is not in the top five. Stop it. This is just clickbaiting this is just get yep. your name out there it's just to be relevant and obviously for whatever uh what you call it, show or company that you work or for outlet it's just yeah to, it's just to get some ratings and some talked about because exactly before you said that i had no idea who sam ocho is now i know who he's he is. emmanuel ocho's brother yeah so it's like now big mouthy espn guys so now i know who he is and where he works for so and and we're talking about it on our platform exactly and, and now millions of people will hear us talk about it and the millions brilliant. and actually i have four l's not four w's okay i, I have I, six I, so we're pretty much in line i realized something as i was doing my research uh number two i uh, will touch on this probably in the off season but al michaels possibly leaving sunday night football yeah. possibly heading to amazon or the mothership Barely making mention of it. Craziness. The um, only the only subtle mention you got. Uh, so he mentioned Tafoya leaving, which we kind of heard about a month ago, month or two ago. The only subtle mention you got is when Collinsworth slid in. He said for one last time, do that little slide or whatever to Collinsworth. Mm-hmm. It was the only way he hinted at it. And then also, if, I don't know if you caught this, Eminem, at some point. Oh yeah, yeah. They I saw spoke this on TikTok. And- yeah, they spoke. He spoke with uh, Michaels, and he's like, "Dude, if this is your last one, I don't feel like that. 
like you're done. He's like, yeah, I still have a few more in me. Oh yeah, and he said he feels great. And he was and he was being coy. He was like, yeah, there's some you know some things in the horizon. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but yeah. basically, essentially saying he's most likely done with NBC and it's a bidding war where he goes next. NBC uh, also has it out. They, they like Tariko a lot and they like Breeze a lot. So I wouldn't be surprised if they move away from Collinsworth as well. Um, we'll get to it in the future, but if you had to guess right now, where do you think Michaels is next year? Mothership, ESPN. Uh, do you think Amazon gets Troy Aikman? That would be surprising because I thought him and Buck are like two peas in a pot. But uh, I did too. I mean, hey, he'll go wherever the bunny is. I mean, granted, Amazon doesn't have the rights to the NFC, so no more cowboy games really for him. Yeah. So maybe that's a break for him too. It's tired of seeing you never that. know. It's tired of seeing that future team. But Amazon wants both of them, so who knows? Ah, um, there you go. So uh, my third L is going to be Zion Williamson, potentially missing the rest of the season. Uh, my other L is attached to that. Uh, fans who clowned Embiid for three years don't have a single thing to say about Zion, so please be consistent <laughs> with this injury BS. Um, that's all I got for that. Um, uh, no, I'm not making fun of Zion for being hurt, by the way. It's more know. so just the bad luck that the Pelicans have and just the fans and the way the media has talked about Embiid for so long. Oh, he's injury prone. Zion has played just as many games as he's missed. And beat obviously is not a you know 50-50 yet. I think he still has to play some more games before he'll be. He will have played half of the games he's been in the league for, but Zion is below 50%, I'm pretty sure. Well below. He's missed like something like 180 games. He's only played like 60. I don't remember the last time I saw him play. I don't remember either. I really don't. I'm excited I, to see him back on the floor. I want to see what it looks like with him again, but uh, it's I don't even know what it team it'll be on. It won't be. A it, it might even be in uh, New, New Orleans. Oh, yeah, probably not. It could and be I'm a Porzingis sorry. situation where they trade him while he's hurt. Yeah, I mean the only time I've seen him is on those Sprite commercials alongside. I think I forget who it is. He's alongside some other NBA player. I forget who probably it is. LeBron. Nah, somebody else. Oh, uh, Levine. Oh, Levine, Zach Levine. Uh, my third uh, L is uh. I don't know if you caught this, but uh, this photographer, Kelly Smith. I uh, guess it's on here as well for me. Israel? One of them. Yeah. So she, originally it was going to be a W because I thought it was funny. Chick falls. I have, a, I have and, a W attached to it for what it's worth. Okay. It was like because uh, Matt, Matt Stafford's reaction was, oh, shit. Turns around. Stafford just, was freaking loaded, my friend. <laughs> I don't know if that was water or that was more. Uh, liquid. Oh, it was not water. <laughs> He said, oh, shit, turned around, just kept drinking his shit. Like he just walked happened. away, and his wife, being the sweetheart that she is, was like, oh, my God, let's help this poor girl. He's like, fuck her. <laughs> so this, this this photographer ate shit, and Stafford was just like, oh, that's someone else's problem, and he turned around and walked away. But not only did she eat shit, she herself came out on yeah. Twitter. She has a, let me see. So she has two broken cameras, and then no, um, she has a and also spine. a fracture, yeah. Fractured spine. Uh, there's a GoFundMe account out there for her. Uh, yeah. Um, prayers to her for sure. I'll get to that in a second, though. Um, my uh, my next two L's, I'm actually going to group them together because they're just sports teams. Okay. Arizona Coyotes have finally been evicted from their arena. They will be playing in a 22 to 20, it's a 3,200 seat capacity arena next year. I did see this. <laughs> um, and then my other L, as far as sports teams go, the New York Knicks blowing a 20 point lead last night to the Nets. Like me. Um, and that, the, the Knicks as a whole. They're, they've already soured on Thibodeau. I wonder how Richard DeGroote's doing. Uh, we got to check in on him. 
<laughs> See, Donovan Mitchell is trying to get uh, Juan Soto to go to the Mets. That's Mitchell's not even on the Knicks yet, and he's already trying to get people to go to the Mets. That's tampering if I ever seen it. Yeah. Uh, my fourth uh, L is uh, Matt Harvey. Oh my goodness! Did you? Uh, we, is this I, heartbreaking or not? This whole thing. I saw it today. I was my jaw dropped. I yeah. don't know the full story. I'm not so, going to speak too much on it because I don't know all the parties involved. I don't even know who the late uh, Tyler Skaggs Scott, is. To give you some background, Tyler Skaggs passed away a few years ago. Angels pitcher. I believe at the time Harvey was an angel. Uh, Harvey has bounced yeah. around a little bit since. There's another guy who just got found guilty today of um, distributing fentanyl to Tyler Skaggs, but Skaggs died of an overdose and Harvey is being linked to it. You can fill in the blanks from there. Um, yeah, apparently Har- uh, Matt Harvey is facing MLB ban for giving yeah. opioids, and this one in particular was Percocets to mm-hmm. Tyler Skaggs shortly be- shortly after he passed. Um, it's bad. It, there's a trial. There's a, a former employee that was, quote-unquote, the drug dealer in the organization that was hand- giving out opioids to the players. Uh, players were distributing it amongst themselves. It's a ugly, it's bad. heartbreaking mess, really bad. and a black eye for the sport and drugs, man. Tell yeah, it. they can't they can't sweep this under the rug the same way they did the fact that um, Jose Fernandez had drugs in his system when he got hurt because this is an actual lawsuit that turned into a big issue. Yeah, um, so, again, I don't know the full details. We're not. I'm not going to speak on it too much, but I did yeah. see this, and it, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it. Matt Harvey, and this whole situation just takes a massive L. Yeah. Um, Hopefully, it gets all resolved. Is that it for your L's? Yes, that is it. All. all right, let's switch gears and go to the positive portion of this. Yeah. Uh, the the W that that touches on the Stafford thing. Stafford and his wife are actually going to pay for that woman's uh, medical bills. Beautiful. That is the W here. Um, a little bit of public outrage, and then they Stafford's a good dude, and he just had to sober up before realizing he was acting out of character. And I, I'm sure if he were okay, he would have been more than happy to help that young lady. Uh, but I saw a press release from the Rams, I believe this uh, this afternoon, right before we got on, actually. Um, uh, this is from the Rams and Stafford family. We have been in communication with Kelly Smiley since yesterday's incident, and we are sorry for what happened. As we told Kelly, we will be covering all her hospital bills and replacing her cameras. We wish her a speedy recovery. So good guy, Matt Stafford. And um, I, I'm really sorry, I forget her name, but uh, uh, his wife as well. Good. Good. Good for the Staffords. I love them. Yes. Um, Easy to root for. Yeah. Number two. Uh, OBJ and Stafford getting a ring, so it's just paying yes, back on them. That's a just sure. W in itself. Uh, 13 career for Stafford gets the ring. OBJ tumultuous up and down career in the Giants. The infamous one for me was not him catching the ball that obviously put him into super superstardom, but where he punched the uh, the net, the kicker's net, and it hit him uh, in with the his head. helmet. And it five fell of the glorious moments <laughs> of his Giants career. Then he bounces to the Browns. That that colossal disaster, and the side note: this is an extra L here. Baker Mayfield, you look crazy yeah. now. You so had I, OBJ. I, and, mm, I'm not bad. thrilled with the way NBC approached the Beckham thing. They kind of said Cleveland pushed him to the curb. That's factually inaccurate because he okay. kind of he divided his way out, and his dad helped out. I, I don't think not that it wasn't a good career move, but it, it's not exactly Cleveland decided he wasn't worth it anymore. Uh, my second W. Mm-hmm. Chris Russo, Mad Dog, is joining First Take on Wednesdays to debate Stephen A. Smith, and we finally really? have somebody that can match Stephen A.'s um, <sighs> excitement and enthusiasm. Why, why I did not watch. I, I work open to close Wednesdays. Well, 
uh, when my schedule normalizes, I will be open to close Wednesdays, um, which will hopefully be a couple weeks from now. But yesterday I was at work. Obviously, first take is in the middle of the day anyway, so I wouldn't be able to watch it. But I recorded it, got home and watched the first couple segments. I also watched the YouTube segment. Um, excellent stuff. <laughs> I saw the clip. Mad Dog is great. I saw, like, I think you sent me two links. I only saw the first one, and it was riveting. But he was basically telling Stephen A, like, dude, we've been talking about this in nauseam. Like, relax. And he just threw facts, and Stephen A just like, uh. Stephen A also told him at one point to calm down. And if Stephen A is telling you to calm down, you are absolutely matching his energy. You are there's a the video. <laughs> there's a video on YouTube of um, Port, uh, Dave Portnoy doing one of his pizza reviews with the guest reviewer, Chris Russo. And the first really? comment is uh, it's uh, the first comment is Russo is just like a, like a, a generator. He's just like a great ball of energy. <laughs> um, let me see. Um, how many, uh, how many W's do you have total? I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. No, I think I had three. Okay. Uh, so I had, I already gave you one. Number two, uh, Pat Mahomes. <laughs> Finally, doing what the Lord, we've been all saying. I don't know if you saw this, Rob, but uh, Cameron, I, I, I don't know what game John he was Boy. attending. He was at Texas Tech against, uh, I forget who they played last night, but Texas Tech college basketball game. And shout out to our boys at John Boy Media for uh, that's what we follow them. So that's just how it's incredible lip reading on their behalf, as, as always. <laughs> Dude, I had no idea what I was watching. If it wasn't for the caption, I'm like, what am I watching? But apparently, it's yeah. Mahomes and it was his girlfriend or wife. I think they're the fiance. All right, Mahomes and his ball and chain, that Brittany, sig- significant other, his significant other, ball and chain, Brittany, whatever her last name is, are courtside at this uh, Matthews, I think. Matthews, of course, out of this NCAA game. And at first, beginning of the video, Mahomes, like, you know, like a boyfriend, arm around the, of the shoulders of his girl. But the video starts with that, him taking it off, and then leaning forward, hunched over. And then she's like, I guess said, what happened? What? Why did you do that? He says something, basically along the lines of, like, we'll talk about it later. She's like, okay. Drop it. Okay, drop it. And then she kind of just sits there, and then something clicked. You can see it in real time. Something clicked in her head, like the little in clown. Both of their heads. Hitting the fucking chimes. She turns <laughs> around to the fucking girl. She like she had to say something. Yeah. Turns to the girl next to her like Mahomes or Patrick told Patrick, me. Patrick, yeah. Patrick, Patrick said. Yeah. Patrick said, just half having a resting bitch face, which I thought yeah. was fucking hilarious. Like gold. And then he heard her say it. And he goes, <laughs> or whatever, next to her. Ah. And so when, when, it, when it kicked silly off, faces too. Yeah. like the, Oh, you can't be talking to me like that. I mean, when it was kicked, when it first happened, he kind of had the, I know the cameras on me. Let me look like I'm kind of happy, but I'm really not that happy kind of face. Like when you're meeting oh, yeah. somebody you're like, hey, I'm doing right. And he was just like, yeah, let me kind like of immediately as camera. they turn around you just don't smile. Like, fuck this. you know, it's a little awkward. Uh, so. so the most pleasing part of the video to me yeah. is the one that we saw that the fee that we got was actually the ESPN audio too. So it wasn't just a, a camera view. It was actually just clipped from the actual audio. Behind Mahomes and his girl, Book Shiambi is doing play-by-play for the game. Yeah. And the audio matches. How often do you actually see a, a commentator doing commentary and you, it matches exactly what you see on camera? I did not. So that was that was exciting for me. Book Shiambi, who was like one of the best. So. I had it on silent, to be honest. I have to look back. In if here. you watch, you'll see him. He's the, the heavy set guy. He's yeah, one of my middle. favorite uh, commentators. He does Cubs games and he does baseball for ESPN. That's dope. I mean, it's very rare that you say that. Usually the audio is cut 
Yeah. Or, you know, if it's not, they're not in frame. Or, yeah. Or, or if they're in frame, you're only seeing them. Yeah. It's fun when you're watching. It's, it's like uh, if, the, if the ball bounces toward the scorer's table in basketball and all of a sudden you see Van Gundy's head. You're like, oh, that's, that's right. They're actually there. Yeah. You forget sometimes the commentators are in attendance. Like right there at court side. So yeah. that, I thought that was pretty funny. My, uh, my third W, this is an impromptu one. Uh, Hazel just arrived home. She, uh, she was, she had her surgery today. So hey, uh, Hazel. my baby girl has returned home and I am, she's probably got a cone on. I'm excited to see her in a few minutes. And uh, I have some doggy ice cream for her because she's probably in some bad pain right now. Oh, so I miss her. My, uh, my, my angel has returned home to me. And your girlfriend. <laughs> yes. More importantly, <laughs> or perhaps less importantly for all I know. <laughs> But my two of uh, the two most important women in my life have uh, have arrived home, oh, safely. Um, another W for me is uh myself. Yeah. I, are you done? Or you have one more. Yes. Yes. Uh, my other W was just going to be you surviving thirty two years on this cruel planet. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'll give myself a W for that as well. I guess. Yes. Um, Happy I birthday. signed up. I signed up. Thank you. I signed up for HBO Max over the few days, and because of you. And uh, my niece, I got into Euphoria finally, and I'm already caught up. And now I'm dreading the next uh, however many days left before episode seven. Yes, Sunday, and, I believe it launches. And I work Sunday, so I have to wait till almost midnight when I get home. Hopefully, it, it airs on on demand. If not, I have to wait till Monday. Oh, it, so what it does seven. is it, it. I think it's only streaming, so it it just it becomes available at nine p.m. Eastern on oh, okay, HBO perfect. Max. So you can just log right in, and it'll be there. Perfect. So we watched it a few weeks ago, like nine Oh five. We logged in. Um, if you up. follow, so real quick, if you follow Fezco on Twitter, so anybody out there that watches the show, Fezco is That's I my believe, king. Mac I forget his actual name. Mac yeah. It looks like Mac Miller. I forget his actual name, but uh, if you follow him on Twitter, he will live tweet um, everything that happens in the episode really? as it's happening. If you, but you have to pretty much start at 9 PM because he'll be on there. But we will be doing a little bit of uh, euphoria content. I don't know how many uh, how many members of our audience that will reach. Excuse me, as I'm like mid yawn. I don't know how many members of our audience that will reach, but we will touch on some euphoria in future episodes, especially with no more football. Um, his name is Angus Cloud. Yes, apparently he plays a character very similar to his own purse persona in real life. So, Fexy. He is the Stone Cold Steve Austin of uh, of. Oh no. And uh ladies and gentlemen. For you. <laughs> I thought we almost lost you. Oh, I see. There you go. You're back. I heard you, but I you froze on my screen. That is the that, that is, is apropos the if nothing. Yes. <laughs> that is the cue. <laughs> they said um, you guys have gone on far too long. Yeah, right. But it's exciting. Now uh and also update for the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be uh basically distributing now every Friday. But we record Thursdays. That's what it barring, seems. Barring if we go to a Sixers game on a Thursday, it'll be vice versa, whatever. But uh, and we'll do once a week, and unless you know we have a guest or something pressing happens, yeah. we'll, do we'll fill in uh, if we feel like there's enough. Like we probably could have split this into two episodes, but given the timing this week, it was uh, it, it was kind of jammed into one. So yeah, for sure. I think we will uh, in the future we'll be doing at least one a week, maybe two. But with football ending, we don't have as much to talk about. We will find things to talk about, but. Uh, we will continue on weekly pods as we enter the off season. Yep. And until then, uh, you can follow us on the Instagram at PA underscore turn pod. Uh, hit us up. Hit us up yeah. there. Hit us up with the DM. Well, we'll be tagged in the photos, the posts, and in the story. So you can hit us yes. up at our individual Instagrams. I will be making my return 
just like James Harden making his return to the NBA and and Ben Simmons still point. And if you want to come on, feel free. Yeah, just, hit us just reach out to us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we do have uh, 12 five star ratings on on Apple. Feel free to leave us a five star rating. Any humorous ratings will be read. Or any humorous reviews will be read on the next episode. So. I want to thank all 12 of you who have um, posted five-star ratings. I also want to thank some family members and some coworkers who have listened to the pod. Uh, I have three colleagues now who unironically have listened to it. Uh, one of them called me last week and said they prefer to listen to us than listen to talk radio. So let's go. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'll drop in there. Thank you, Doug. Shout out to Doug. Yes. Um, I mean, hey, episode 42 is in the books. The O Ratliff episode. Yes. It's my 32nd birthday. Yeah. And uh so you also have some breaking news as well. You've hired. You are going to the moon yes. with your 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 work. So yes. it looks like schedule will be hire. balanced. Exciting. All will yes. be right in the world. You'll have a Friday off probably. Yes, which is exciting. So all is good, sorry. All is right in the world, my friend. All right, man. It was a pleasure. Sign us off, Rob. It was a pleasure. 30 second Thank, birthday you. In the Thank you for listening to us as always. Want to wish, uh, hope everybody will join us in wishing Joel a happy 32nd birthday and many, many, many more. Um, I'm hoping that we will be able to record on my 27th and your 33rd birthday next year. So let's go. It's terrifying to say it out loud, huh? <laughs> 33. My goodness. I know. I'm, I'm more than halfway to 50 and you're more than halfway to 60, my friend. So <laughs> yeah. we're hoping that we'll be on episode 1626 by the time we get those land, uh, those milestones. <laughs> so. I'm excited to see what's uh, what's in store for the pod. I said this the last time as well. Um, football season was a, a blur. Um, again, we are not a football pod. We're just having to talk a lot of football on the time being. So, yeah. <laughs> listen, hit us up if you want to come on. We're looking for guests. We'd love to have anybody on. We'll talk whatever. Um, uh, thank you guys for listening to yet another episode. Thanks, everybody, who's supported us over the last six months. It's been a wild ride. Thank you guys for listening. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace.